you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Messenger of God, you're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kevin. And we're back, baby. We are fucking back. Took a little hiatus for a little bit uh, over the holidays and kind of just kind of regrouped and uh, we got some new stuff for the podcast. We know we're, we're, we're new people. You know, life is is doing us better now, so we're all ready to kick this year's ass with this podcast. I have so many things planned. Uh, I know you're ready to get some new stuff going, and I'm ready to breathe some new new life and new, put new blood into this podcast. Uh, so, what, what do you what do you think about that, dude? Hell yeah, man! Um, I'm hoping everyone had a good 2019 or end of 2019. Let me say, I hope your 2020 is going as good as it possibly can. Um, we are currently in about the halfway mark of January. Um, you know, so you've had 15 days to fail all of your um, what is those uh, January resolutions? Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. yes. So stay strong on those resolutions, people, because uh, God knows I'm not very strong with mine. So, and you know they they come and go, and you know resolutions always seem to fail. I think you just have to make them like life choices. It's like I'm living my life this way from now on. Because if you say resolution, that means you'll keep it for like a couple of weeks, and then it just kind of falls off. So just make a life change and fucking stick with it. Kick ass. Exactly. And I'm saying I failed the resolution because I failed to make one this year. So that's why I failed. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't either. So don't worry about it. I, I, my, my resolution is just kick ass to this podcast. So there you go. Hell yeah. Yeah. So here we are again, uh, reunited at last. Um, we're very excited to kick off the newest episode of It's a Horror Podcast. We hope you guys dig it. We hope you dig what we did before. We hope you dig what we continue to do in the future. And um no matter, just know that no matter what, every other Monday we got you covered. That's right, baby. Every two weeks we'll uh, make you smile. Well, you know, in between there too, maybe if you want to, you know, DM us or we'll we'll send you, a, you know, a, a pick or something. Maybe you know, we'll smiley pick whatever. Shirtless, maybe. Oh, ooh, damn. Yeah. Hey, don't share your good stuff with them. That's for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> but anyway, let's get down to brass tacks, folks, because this episode I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. Uh, you've you've covered your favorite franchise, which was you know Friday the Thirteenth. This is not my favorite, but it's very very darn close. It is a nightmare on Elm Street, none other than Freddy fucking Krueger, bitch. So I I am <laughs> I am fucking ready, man. I've waited for this one for a while, and we thought you know why don't we come back with a, a really strong franchise, and this one is is right up there with the best. So I'm excited. Yeah, and believe it or not, for the longest time, uh, my favorite horror icon was kind of switching between Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Um, now, any of you that listen know, obviously, I, I prefer Jason Voorhees now. But there was a debate uh, in my younger years wondering which of these I preferred. So that if that doesn't kind of speak of my thoughts on Freddy, um, I don't know what will. You know, and also it's worth noting, I will mention this later as well. Um, kind of why I chose against Freddy, and obviously we all know the route that he took is 
the franchise went on. But um, yeah, we've got plenty to talk about from here to there. So that's right. That's right. Let's man. fucking kill it. Hell yeah, dude! Like I say, it's and everyone knows if they follow me on Instagram. You know, I actually I, I love Freddie. I actually cosplay a little bit with uh, some stuff that I've collected over the past year, and uh, just uh, the glove. The glove in itself is so iconic. And just, you know, anyone sees that glove, they know exactly who it is, exactly where it comes from, you know, the history behind it. It's just one of those iconic things in horror that you can't mistake. Like, you cannot mistake it at all because, you know, butcher knives and, you know, machetes, those can be interchangeable possibly sometimes because we all know Jason has the machete. But the glove is definitely Freddy's. Like, you cannot take that from him. So, um, actually, just acquired one just a little bit ago, and I'm really loving it. I'm loving the way that it looks, love the way it feels. Uh, I'm actually going to buy a like an official one, like made like like in a replica from one of the movies. I haven't decided which one yet. I'm leaning more towards the OG, but uh, really excited to kind of get that. And I'm actually hopefully going to meet Robert England pretty soon and uh, at Horror Hound in Cincinnati. So very excited about that. But, oh, that's in March, right? Yep. So about two months, man. I'm ex- so excited. I'm like, God, I can't fucking wait. Um, so Robert, I'm coming for you, buddy. You better you know, hide your naughty bits because I, you know, I'll be, I'll be trying to. Oh God! Get out of <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> hey man, you know you love who you love, I guess. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's uh, let's just get into it. I mean, because like I said, we have a lot to talk about, and I just want to get into this. So let's just kick it off with you know. Before we get into that, though, we're in our slasher series. And we all know the slasher is all about the kills, buddy. And this one has, I don't think this is going to have a ton of kills in it. I don't know yet because Kevin had told me what his official kill count is. But this one is, I think, more about the creativity of the kills. That's what really gets me in this in this franchise. So, but you know what? We still got to run the tail of the tape. So let's just find out, uh, you know, what, what the, the kill count is. So let's do it. All right, so here we are again, another kill count. Um, of course, when you, you know when you think of all the slasher icons, you think of high kill counts. Um, obviously, you know Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, they have fuck at least 10, 12 kills every movie. It's kind of worth noting that they really slowed down with this franchise. It's more about the style. It's more about the non-realisticness. It, it's very surreal. Um, kind of similar, obviously not in style, but. In terms of Leatherface, you know, you yep. look at those movies and you expect a high kill count. And I mean, other than some of the most recent films in, within that franchise, a lot of them didn't have a lot of kills. And that's the case here, which I'm pretty sure I might have the lowest number that we have done yet. Yeah, that's why I kind of figured. Yeah. And I was kind of really surprised by that because, you know, you look back and you think, obviously, Freddy Krueger killing people. He really didn't kill that many people um so (laughs) so this is probably gonna shock some people but let's get this thing started i'm gonna count down some of these kills i'm gonna count it down uh there's nine films in the franchise so i'm gonna start with number nine it's gonna have the least amount of kills all the way to number one with the most amount of kills all right so with in uh ninth place is nightmare on elm street five dream child this movie was released in 1989 this film has three kills Wow. Three goddamn kills, man. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Ooh, like, that's, not mean, even like, that's not even a slasher movie. I know. Why? I mean, that's so it debatable. Is. It is, but, but, but... you're right, though. You're right, though. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, 
that kind of was the big shock this week. Another shock in number eight uh, is the original Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. This one has four kills. But I think it's different with this film. It's it's more moody. This this the original is very atmospheric. You know, it focuses on kind of the whole. Well, they all focus on that surrealist uh, nightmare style, but it just works in this one. I think in part five, I noticed the kills were coming slower, but the original it it all every single kill is very impactful. So I think that that's what kind of amps these films up is that the kills are so out there that it's almost kind of worth the small kill counts. Uh, Would you agree or disagree? I I totally agree with that, man, because like I said, it's that this slasher took a really different, you know, direction on the slasher film, which I think at the time, you know, like you said, Halloween and Friday 13, like that, we're going high kill count. And this one went more for style than, you know, than, than quantity, I guess, which I'm, I'm fine with. Like if the kills, it sucked. Totally different story. The whole franchise would have been trash. So, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I wish I could have seen more kills, but at the same point, I kind of glad they didn't go too high because they would have run out of creative ways to do it. So, you know, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so with that said, number seven is the fabled Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. This one has five kills, and coincidentally enough, this ties with New Nightmare, which was released in 1995 with five. So little interesting you know i'm sure we'll talk about those both a lot in a minute mm-hmm. yep. well now that i'm thinking about it, those are actually the two most recent nightmare on elm streets that, yeah. that's pretty crazy anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on to number five um nightmare on elm street three dream warriors released in 1987 this film has six kills now this one also kind of surprised me because looking from the outside in there's a lot of characters in this one mm-hmm. but most of them survive you have a final girl and like two dudes chilling you know mm-hmm um yeah again more to talk about that later four is freddy's dead that's the sixth film in the franchise released in 1991 this one has six kills as well ties dream warriors number three is nightmare on elm street four dream master from 1988 this one has seven kills number two is nightmare on elm street two freddy's revenge from 1985 this one has 10 kills obviously anybody listening the only reason why this one has 10 kills is because freddy kills like four or five people at that pool party. Yeah. So like, honestly, I don't really, I don't want to count it at 10 kills because it's all just quick. But honestly, a lot of those kills are actually pretty cool. Dude gets his face slashed open and shit. So yeah. it's definitely worth putting in there. Oh yeah, definitely. And then it, it, it just, okay. Sidebar. This blows my fucking mind that the highest kill. Well, obviously I have one more film on the countdown, mm-hmm. but in standalone nightmare on Elm street films, 10 is the highest kill count in any standalone Nightmare on Elm Street. That's kind of film. crazy. And, it, and that's what I was thinking too. You know, because I look back and I think, all, but then again, it's because of the impactful kills. There's so many kills in this franchise that I can, I remember a lot more so than I can say about Friday the 13th or Halloween or any slasher franchise. It, it just makes them so worth it. And, and like you mentioned, that's what really makes the franchise. You know, you can't really complain about a low kill count when, it's done in such a great way. Right, so, right. Exactly right. So right. Yeah. Now that brings us to number one. Obviously, if you guys didn't guess it ahead of time, Freddy versus Jason. Um, now, I'm sure a lot of people weren't sure if we were going to cover this film in this franchise. Uh, news alert, we are. So <laughs> here it is. <laughs> there you go. Number one. Uh, this film has 23 kills. So <laughs> Damn. That's fucking crazy. 
far and away much, much, much more than any other film in the franchise. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't count this film as a Meryl and Elm Street fa- uh, film. Duly, uh, you know, very rightfully so. But we put it in. And funny enough, this film alone, Freddy vs. Jason, has one-third of the kills of the entire franchise. That's crazy, dude. So That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. But like, you know... That, that being said... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was just going to say, like, you know, we talked about before we started recording, if we're actually going to, you know, include this in the, the countdown, I thought, well, you, you can't not include it because it has Freddy in it and he's in it a decent amount of time. But at the same point, it... Uh, it is a Jason film because it is all about Jason going out and killing these, these kids, you know? And it's like, 100%. you know, so it's, you know, it, it's a little bit of both. So if you, you don't count it, that's totally fine. If you count it, that's also totally fine. So it's, it, you know, it's up to interpretation either way you go. So, but I think we just need to include it just, just strictly for the case that it has Freddie in it and he does kill, or I guess, yeah, I guess he does kill some, oh yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. Here. But anyway, yeah. Plus, it helps the uh, kill count numbers. True. Very <laughs> true. Yeah, it helps the numbers. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So overall, we've got sixty nine kills um, through nine films. That is about seven point six kills per film. And then, like I mentioned, with if you didn't add Freddy versus Jason, that would be forty six kills. So forty six kills through eight movies. Oh man, that's that's not a lot. But like we said, this is definitely about style over quantity. Yep. So that's what we'll be talking about for the rest yeah, of the that's episode. Right, that's exactly right. So yeah, it's uh, I can't wait to kind of get into this and kind of see what you think about these films and stuff. So, um, but before we get into the good stuff, every every time we start doing this, I started thinking about you know something smells really really fucking bad in here. And did this one? <laughs> Ooh man, this shit pick. I already know what yours is. If you know me already, you know exactly which one it is for me. I this is this is probably the stinkiest shit pick I will ever put out there ever. So get out your nose plugs, people, because it's time to pick a shit pick. Hey kids, it's time for our shit pick of the week. Ooh la la. It's that moment. Um, and real quick, I like to break this down at whenever we do our rankings here. So Wes and I, we rank our films from our least favorite, obviously what we call the shit pick, all the way down to number one. Uh, I don't know his list. He doesn't He doesn't know mine. So his shit pick might be my favorite movie in the franchise. Um, that's what, you know, keeps things a little exciting, a little mm-hmm. spicy. You know, you know, a little, little jalapeno, a little habanero action in the chili. Uh, we like to – our actions or our reactions, I should say, are very genuine. So if I'm surprised by something he says or vice versa, then uh, you guys will be right there along with us to experience the that's excitement. Right. That's right. That's my it's, – that's what's so good about this, the fact that we, we, we keep secrets but for the right reasons. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, do you do you want to kick this no. shit pick off, or do you want you me go to first, go first? Because yeah, I'm still trying to find that clothespin. So yeah, I'm pulling my nose. Yeah, I'm holding my nose closed. So please go ahead. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Okay, well yeah, mine too. Yep. <laughs> okay. See, yeah, I, I knew that would be yours. I knew I knew yeah. you probably weren't too sure of mine, but yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. So I mean, but I'm not surprised. But same point, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, God, dude. Uh, this film, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't know what else to say. It's it's so fucking bad. Um, okay, before I say anything else though, Jackie Earl Haley, dude, brother, I love you, I really do. I, you know, Rorschach, uh, the other movies you've been in, 
you're fantastic. I love you. You were in a, a show called, I think it was like a human target or hard target, something like that back on Fox. You were great in that show, but brother, Freddie is Freddie. You don't, Robert England is Freddie Krueger. You don't touch that. You should have just said, no, I know you needed that cash grab or whatever, but I don't know, man. I don't know what else to tell you. That was just that makeup and uh, the voice. No, no, not at all. And see, that's the thing, too, is is there's so much to dislike about this film. Obviously, this is my shit pick, so don't get me wrong. I like to play devil's advocate in most situations. Um, if you know me, you know that I kind of always try to bring the other side of the argument. I don't think anybody could have done more or less than he did. You know, um, you yep. obviously go from the kooky, zany entity that freddy krueger grew to be in the franchise and then you try to scale it back all the way back to the first film maybe even the second film he was still pretty serious right i just don't think i don't feel like anybody else could have done anything more um unless it's freddy krueger himself robert england you know that's who freddy krueger is so to recast i i just don't really understand the idea of recasting him. But when I watched this movie, I mean, you know, granted CGI face and all, I think that's where all it mostly went wrong. Yeah. I just try and root for him because I think, you know, he, he did what he could. I think it's a very menacing figure, but it doesn't even come close to who we came to learn to love. Right. Well, okay. Okay. Let's just talk about one scene for a second. All right. The scene where, um, they're in the, the classroom and uh, you can just see, you can see how short he is. They tried to kind of use the camera to kind of make him look taller. No, he looks like he's tiny, like he's a little kid, Freddy Krueger. Like he's, you know, he's a little guy at the, at the door for trick or trick or treat, you know, and you're like, Hey little buddy, all oh, your Freddy Krueger is so cute. That's what it was. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not tall enough to be Freddy Krueger. I'm sorry. Robert England is a tall guy. And you, and you see that through the entire franchise. And then the remake, you're like, oh, look at this little dude. You know, he's so cute. You know, little Freddie. Yeah, J- Jackie Earl Haley actually just looked up. He's he's five foot five. Um, is, Robert yeah. England is five foot ten. So yeah. that's the difference there. Yeah, and, and Robert's not, you know, like said, Robert's not like, you know, gigantic or anything, but he is tall. He, he holds a good presence on screen. They never had to, you know, work camera angles or, you know, put him on a, you know, a step stool or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there's a few scenes in, in the remake where you can tell he's really short and it just kind of, it makes him not so menacing, you know, like, he, like, like he's trying to be this little, you know, he's like the little kid and uh, I forget what his name is in A Christmas Story, you know, the two bullies and the shorter one. I can't think of the dude's name. But uh, that's oh, what. Oh man, yeah, it's on my tongue. Yeah, but yeah, it's that guy. Like he, he's all menacing and everything. But you're like, oh, ain't he cute? Like you're patting his head. You know, go, oh, aren't you little? Aren't you cute there, little buddy? <laughs> you know, look at your little razor glove there. You know, what are you gonna do? You gotta chop some onions with that shit? You know, or something. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know, dude. The whole thing is just a fucking cash grab bullshit. You know, and I honestly thought because it was you know, um, Platinum Dunes that did it, and I thought he did a great job with the the Friday the Thirteenth remake and Texas Chainsaw, and they came out strong with those. I thought, okay. At first, I was, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not really for this, but I'll give it a chance because they're just Platinum Dunes. They did a pretty decent job. And by the end of that movie, I was like, wow, how the mighty have fallen in my in my mind because you fucked this franchise up all over the place. And I wish you could just wipe it from the face of the planet, but we can't do that. So I guess I just got to go off and get a mind wipe or something later on in life when they offer those. But 
Yeah, I mean, exactly, too. And and for the people that hasn't, haven't seen this film, um, let's explain what's wrong with it. Um, like you mentioned, obviously, cheap cash grab. Uh, acting is is hot, and it, it's crazy to say this, but it's amongst some of the worst, I think, in the, in the franchise. Because you look back to the 80s and in, in the early 90s, that's what a lot of those films are known for. They're known for their cheesy acting, but, like, in this, it's just... It, it it's kind of ridiculous. And I know Rooney Mara, who played the lead character in this film, mm-hmm. she has come out and said it afterwards that she literally just did this film for a paycheck and that she just wasn't interested. And you could just read that all over her face. You mm-hmm. can read that all over everybody's face. That this is just a cash grab from the start. Yeah. Um, obviously, Robert England's not back. This is almost a shot-for-shot remake at moments. It, it definitely deviates. Um, some of the deviations I actually do enjoy. Like the um, hallucinating, which does happen if you, if you keep yourself awake too long, you'll actually start hallucinating, and and that's that plays a huge factor into this film near the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, this film made Freddy Krueger a child rapist. Yes, I agree. Now, now obviously that's not something I'm going to touch upon very much, but to to take a horror icon, obviously in the prior eight films, Freddy Krueger was just a child killer. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's, yeah. so, it's so funny to. to just say just a child killer right but there's there's a line you know between almost deviating reality and fiction in terms of horror movies and slasher movies and freddy krueger obviously being a child killer there's just a difference there there's a level of tenacity now granted to some people it might be a positive thing because it makes him that much of a monster that much more of a monster makes him this, this insane figure who just has no moral compass whatsoever and just can do things like that. So I understand where some people might be like, yeah, it makes him a worse person, maybe better for the movie. But in my eyes, it is just a complete detriment all the way around because it almost tarnishes the freddy krueger name Mm -hmm. to me i I don't know what's your take on that i fully agree with you man it does tarnish that name and like i said we're not saying that child killer is a better term to use because it's still horrible but at the same point like you said from the very get-go you know with with the very first film you dealt with the fact of there's a scene where we'll talk about more later on but there's a scene where the mom is telling nancy you know about you know he was a filthy child murderer of course, filthy can mean a lot of things. That could be a deviation of whatever it is. But they never actually come out and say that, yeah, you were molested or, yeah, he raped you or whatever. So they leave that, you know, kind of your imagination. You can do whatever you want to with it. But at the same point, they didn't intend for him to be a, a child molester or a child rapist. They just kind of put him out there. Mm-hmm. And, but, but at the same point, I think he definitely got his jollies from killing kids. Like, I think he got off on that. So, yeah, there, there's a very pedophilic kind of manner with a lot of the things he said in this film. Like he told Nancy like, Ooh, that's, you know, my favorite dress of yours. There's just, I don't really don't want to like go delve into that, but you know, rewatch the movie. And then obviously you'll see everything that he does. And granted there's a part in the movie where it, I kind of enjoyed was he was innocent. Um, there's a moment when they think he's innocent. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm in and out of this movie already just because I really don't give a rat's ass, but I'm not sure completely positive he was guilty or innocent by the end of this movie. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, of course, they kind of like give it away at the end, you know, what's going on. We won't 
ruin it for anybody that actually wants to watch this piece of shit, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I have to back up. This, this, this piece of absolute <laughs> bullshit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, there you go. Much yeah. better. But, but like, I mean, I just, I just don't want, I don't want people coming out of this, you know, taking the remake and what they say about him and then applying it back to him in previous films, because this remake is completely separate from the entire franchise. In my opinion, you can't even connect it at all. Like I just take it out. I almost, I guess that I want to, I want to wipe it from the face of the planet. So if that says anything, there you go. But like, you know, like you said there before, you know, in this movie, they kind of really spell it out. But in previous films, you know, there's times where he says things to, to people, you know, and he'll, he'll flick his tongue and act you know, act all perverted and stuff. But then, then again, you think of like he's just a dirty old man type thing. So it kind of all plays into each other. But I like the fact that they kind of kept away from that in the original eight films or, you know, however many films, I guess seven films, I guess. But um, I don't know. I don't know. This whole film just takes the whole Freddy monster icon a horror, you know, whatever, and just tarnishes it in a way that you can't come back from. So that's why I like to just take it and, like, you know, dissect it from the rest of the thing and just burn it in a putri dish out in the yard. So, um, yeah, so there you go. That's my thing. So, no doubt. And that's what—that's just kind of what I think is so funny, too, because people love to hate on the Friday the 13th remake, but it's like, honestly, when you show how bad a remake can be, and obviously in, in this case – Man, you got to give that one a pass. Dude, I give I give that uh, one a huge pass. I love, I actually love it. I mean, I really do like it a lot. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it too, and, and it gets so much hate because people just say it, it's dumb. There's no reason for it. This and that. This and that. But Derek Mears is arguably one of the best J- Jasons of all time, and it doesn't tarnish his name. Whereas this one, mm-hmm. it it does a little bit. But anyways, let's. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Is there any other? things you want to say about uh the nightmare on Elm street remake? Fuck no that thing needs to go die in the backyard somewhere and just never come back so um let's just move along to the good stuff <laughs> because that yes that piece of please shit needs to just oh my god okay yeah let's okay before we move on like we just need to give it one of these just to kind of put it to bed so here you go remake fuck you there perfect you go. all right on to bigger and better things so uh I think we're on number eight, right? So let's uh, let's let, let's hear this. Tra- I can't wait to hear your reaction to this transition. So uh, let's get into it. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. This number eight. Every town has an elm fucking beautiful masterful work as always my friend thank you sir i was really proud of this one so yeah thank you sir wow that was excellent man i hope you guys are all that are you all that are listening are as excited and speechless as i am that's that's beautiful very good i appreciate that man all right brother all right what you got well, with that being said, um, here's another not good film. I've got Nightmare on Elm Street Five: Dream Child from 1989. All right, let's uh, let's hear exactly why you think that's not a very good film. Uh, this film just fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's completely incompetent storytelling. Mm-hmm. Nothing fucking makes sense. There's just this kid, and then it's Freddy's kid, 
and then it's baby Freddy, and then there's a ghost kid, and then the kid gets sucked back up into Alice, and then she has the actual kid at the end. Spoiler alert, like anyone fucking gives a shit. <laughs> it's just – and it's just – the level of surrealism and just non nonsense in this film is amped up all the way to 10. And again, that's not always a bad thing, but you also have to make sense within linear time. You can't just throw things against the wall and hope they stick, which I really think was the case here. I mean, there's just this kid and then and then Freddy's mom comes in and then she's like, oh, this is your time. You got to stick it to him. And he, he turns into baby Freddy. And he's like, eh, you know, and, and it's just, oh, man. God, man, this movie is just bad shit. And I just don't like it because all of this. Okay. So that's, that's bad enough as is. Right. Mm. But this is where Freddy camp is on a scale of 10 out of 10 it it, it turns into cringe mode mm. they, uh, and don't get me wrong i love his quips i love his one-liners but there's just so many things in this movie that i'm just kind of watching and, it, and again not that it tarnishes freddy krueger's legacy at this point but it's just i just don't get why he says some of the things he does because the, the things he says in three and four are funny he's still you know, Freddy, but here it's just very gimmicky. It, the beginning of the gimmick train, yeah, yeah, if you will, yeah. um, amongst this film and maybe one or two films after this. Obviously, you know, I'm going to talk about each film as I go. But when it just comes down to, like you like to say, brass tacks, it's just this film doesn't do anything for me. There's three kills in it as well. Granted, all three are honestly some of the best amongst the franchise i'll i'll give it that the uh the motorcycle one gave me nightmares as a kid like he looks very darth vader-esque like riding this thing down the highway that is one of the coolest things i've ever seen when i was a kid i loved that scene because like i just look so badass i'm like who thought that up like i mean i know you, you, you could think of the fact of like dying on a motorcycle but it's so like, scary looking like it's actually kind of like freaks you out a little bit so yeah i, I agree with you, man it's badass Exactly. And that's one of those things that doesn't make sense, too, because he's dead. He dies, obviously, in this crash, and he's laying in his truck, and then um, Alice is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, my, my boyfriend's dead. And and then he just kind of, like, wakes up, looks at her, and then says something in a Freddy Krueger voice. And it's like, oh, okay, but this is this is reality right now. She's not dreaming. He, he really did die. She's not going to see him do something in real life. And that was the thing, too, in this movie. It's like, you didn't know when the fuck she was asleep or not. Granted, that happens throughout the entire of the franchise, but it doesn't matter here. She goes to get a, a uh, what's that thing called? And you get your stomach checked. Oh, the ultrasound. Yeah. yeah she goes to get an ultrasound. She gets sucked up into the, yeah. the, 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 the TV. And, and then there's just like a, there's a whole colon intestine tube that everyone just keeps flying down the entire time. I don't know, man. It's just, this film was too much for me. Yeah. Um, if you like it, I respect it's just, just a little over my head. Well, like, I think, I think, they missed the boat on the whole hallucination thing like they did in the remake. That would have been perfect in this film. It would have made everything make sense. It would have made it flow better. Um, but yeah, they kind of, and I think they kind of like almost let you want to think that, you know, like maybe she's just hallucinating or maybe she's so sleepy that she's just, she's kind of dreaming at the same point. So, but they really should have like not made it cut and dry, but they should have really kind of pushed the fact of, yeah, she's half asleep or something. They should have made it a little more clear and that would have made it, 
a lot better in my opinion. But this this one this one definitely has a lot of hate attached to it for a lot of people. But I mean, I don't know. It's I won't go too much farther into it. But yeah, it's I I can see why you think the things that you think. So yes, absolutely. No, well, well, that is my <laughs> number eight. Uh, what do you got at yours? Uh, my number eight is it was the film we almost didn't include is Freddy vs Jason. Um, and we I talked about this a lot on our Friday the Thirteenth episode, but I won't talk too much about it here because, like I said, I've covered. If you want to hear about all my thoughts on this film, go back and listen to that one because that I give the whole spill. But like I said, this one is just not good for the fact that it's it should have been more about Freddy versus Jason and not Freddie and Jason versus all these other kids that they want to tell the entire life story of and, and make them the center of attention and, you know, leave the horror icons in a background. And that really pissed me off. So um, not the fact that the movie's bad. It's just, I mean, it's actually a pretty decent film, but I'm talking about strictly being a Freddie or Jason or Freddie and Jason movie. It just wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I expected. And sue me, you know, I just, I want to see, you know, I mean, people have wanted to see these two icons go at it forever, and this is what you give us? I mean, come on. I mean, I should drive to your house and slap your hand a little bit. I don't know. I just <laughs> – I don't know. But it, it's it's good. I mean, of course, Robert England's back, which is fantastic. That I think in all of the films, I think he looks best in the first one. I'll just say that. He looks the scariest, weirdest in the first one. But the second, my second favorite look of his – is the scene where toward the end of the film and Freddy vs. Jason, where she's on the dock. She's, I guess in the dream, I guess. And she's on the dock at Camp Crystal Lake. And I think he, Freddie's trying to drown Jason. Oh yeah. And I was, yeah. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's not there and he looks up and he's like, you, and he jumps up out of the water and he looks like a demon while he's pointy ears. And he looks badass as a fucking demon, man. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about that, that look, but he looks so good. So, that one thing right there kind of saves it a little bit for me, but overall the movie just falls flat in all aspects uh, in a Freddy or Jason or Freddy and Jason movie. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So I know, and I, we know your thoughts on it too. So I'm sure you'll give us more later on or soon or whatever. Yes, sir. But, um, anyway, well, I guess let's move on to number seven because yeah, if I, I'm anxious to see where this all goes now. So <laughs> because honestly, I don't, honestly, honestly didn't think he'd have five this low. So now I'm kind of reworking my mind, which you may have for later. So. Surprise! Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Surprise, bitch! All right, here we go. Uh, let's let's get into it. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. This number seven. Every town has an elder all right so i i really don't think that my next entry is going to surprise a lot of franchise purists um i've got freddy's dead oh me too <laughs> Ooh, okay perfect there you go cool 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 i will yeah give your thoughts on it first all right so let's break it down um i have a lot worse memories of this film but re rewatching it it was kind of a bit of fun, obviously, because I, I, I had just watched – I'm sorry. Go go ahead. What, what, no, I agree. I agree with you. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, perfect. So after watching five and just disliking it and how bad shit it was, watching this one again, 
still batshit, just not as much. It, it, it's just kind of more linear in terms of what's happening. Again, it's not A plus storytelling. It's still my seventh favorite of the franchise. So I still, if that tells you kind of my opinions on it, but I don't know, man, it's just kind of some, there's a lot of decent stuff they did in this movie. And, and I liked uh, it, a lot of people hate this film for it, but I like Brecken Myers kill scene in this film where he gets sucked into the, uh, the video game and, and uh, Carlos's earpiece. There's, there's a lot of, moments that stick out of this film to me and yeah honestly i think part five to me is the most forgettable and this one i thought was most forgettable but there's a lot of moments that i was like okay this is this is kind of cool you know but again that's kind of all the positiveness i have to say about it really freddie is is <laughs> gimmicks to the gills in this one yet again i think in five and six they did it too much but I kind of like the backstory of Freddy in this one. It wasn't so much about his mom. That That's kind of something that bored me, honestly, in other entries, obviously. She's it. Amanda Kruger, Freddy Kruger's mom, three, four, and five. She's pretty much, like, mentioned a lot. Uh, in this one, it's more so about Freddy Krueger being a dad and, and having a child and a, a legitimate child, not a tummy baby that, turns into a <laughs> demon that blows out of his back and Amanda Kruger takes it and locks it in a room. This, this is an actual child he has in real life before he gets killed. And I don't know, it's just kind of a different take on his background. And it, it was cool to see non-makeup Freddy, which yeah. obviously just Robert England acting as Freddy Krueger without makeup. And it's cool to see his tool shed, man. You got all kinds of different like glove gadgets, not just his mm-hmm. finger knives which i thought was kind of really really cool honestly uh you see teen yeah. freddy who loves to get beat which was kind of a little awkward but you know by, 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 alice, by alice cooper nonetheless yeah, yeah exactly by alice cooper so that's a hell of a thing um hell yeah. what are your opinions on this film okay so I, growing up i didn't like this film very much because it wasn't scary it wasn't you know what i wanted it to be back then we're watching it now we watched it a couple of times actually three actually probably three or four times in the past like six seven months um i i really enjoy this film it's real low on my list because it's not one of my favorites to watch but i'm enjoying it as i get older because i can really enjoy what it stands for um the part that i there, there's a twofold in this there's a, the scene in that i put in the transition i did, I did it for a reason because that that's that what he says every town has an elm street I hated that line for a long time because I thought, well, the whole point is, you know, he kills kids on Elm Street. That's you know, that was his thing. That's where the, you know, he's getting revenge on the on the parents by killing the kids of the people on Elm Street that killed him. But then, as I thought about it more as I get older, I'm thinking, wow, they did a brilliant thing here. You know, I guess back in the first, you know, five films, they left it on Elm Street. That's where you'd find Freddy Krueger. You know, if you weren't a kid of one of the parents or in that lineage of some sort or tied to it somehow in that town. You were safe. You were you were you were pretty safe. In that movie, they took it and they said, "Okay, now everyone is fucked because there's no street somewhere in your town, and if you get close to it, Freddy could invade your dreams and fuck you up." So I thought that was very brilliant. Very it was it was meta before New Nightmare came out. It was it was a, it was it was a gradual step up to the meta, which I everyone knows I love meta. So that's what I'm all about. So now I'm like, okay, that makes total sense now. You, you've taken Freddy. Out of out of you know uh, Springwood, you're taking him out of your you know the Elm Street 
and they've put it into every single town in America or even across the world, whatever you want to say. So that was brilliant in itself. Um, I didn't like the way that they made him very gimmicky, like the whole thing about, you know, the dude's house is flying in the air and he's the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, that was just so cheesy. Uh, and, and not in a good way. There wasn't cheesy in a good way. It's just like, oh, God, come on. Seriously, there's a face palm, the whole deal. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, the part where the, the guy's falling from this. this and I, I don't use people's acting names or the character's name because I'm old. I can't remember this shit anyway, but I'll just. You know what I'm talking about, but he's falling from the sky. He's he's cut his his row or his uh, harness for the um, uh, parachute. There we go. Sorry, my brain had a brain fart. Parachute. Um, yeah. Parachute. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Parachute. She's falling. You know, and then he starts pushing that. You know, bed of spikes out, and he's like, you know, shoot, that was really heavy. You know, I'm like, that's you know, that's that's stupid. That's that's just dumb. so. Um, and then of course he's driving the bus, you know, and he hits him. You know, you know, don't, you know, scream while the bus is in motion. I'm like, oh god, please yeah. stop doing that. So it's just it's little quips like that that really kind of you know pissed me off. I did love the fact that Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold have a little cameo in this, um, and for no reason, like absolutely no fucking reason. They and just like as soon as they're time. on screen, they're done. Like it's like oh. literally the smallest thing, and it's just like, what was the point of that? I know it was almost like they were like on like you know the set like around the set and they go hey let's grab Roseanne and Tom and put him in the movie for a minute you know but it was just, it was funny though I actually kind of laughed at that but uh, but you're right the whole the, the you know, Brecken and Myers uh, how he gets pulled in too you know he's he lay on the couch and the, the broken television starts playing and he's like hey let's get high you know and uh, or, or let's trip out you know and then a whole song and just there's a lot of flow in this film which I like it's just, it just kind of just goes with itself and. Um, the whole, the whole, you know, he's in the, the video game and like bouncing around the house is kind of, kind of funny. And so uh, let me bring it back into focus here for a minute. This film is very hokey, very cheesy, very stupid in the many parts, but for the most part, this movie does what it needed to do. Um, it, it ends off the Freddy franchise in a good way. Uh, cause they do, I mean, Freddy's dead, you know, it's kind of says in the title, you don't really have any qualms about that because they kind of told you so. Um, but it it does what it needs to do. It kind of gives Freddy the the icon status he needs because everyone loves him, you know. It, it, even in New, in New Nightmare, when Nancy or Langham's on the talk show and he comes out of the the wall, you know, and everyone's cheering him on, that was set up by Freddy's dead. So it, it all works together. I know it kind of sucks. People don't like the very, you know this one very much, but at the same point, it does it it does serve a purpose. So. There you go. Echoed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, this I did have some ideas for this one. You know, as time rolls on, I kind of think of new things they could have done to make it better. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's in print, so it is what it is, and you know, uh, got to take it for what it is. So. Yep. 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 All right. Um, I think we're on to oh god, what number we're we now? Uh, we're on number six. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. This number six is God. Every town has an elf street. Ah! What the front time, bitch! All right. So I think it's about time for my first surprise. Ooh, do tell, sir. Mm hmm. Number six, I've got Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Really? 
Dude, so do I. <laughs> oh my god, no way! Are you shitting me? <laughs> I'm not shitting you, dude. That is crazy. Holy shit! Okay, okay. Well, wow. I, I thought I was really gonna shock some heads with this one, uh, but I guess you were right along with me. Me too. I thought I was gonna shock people too, but yeah, all right, there you go. I will right, well, uh, give give us your spell, buddy. Let's hear it. Um, it just. I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like a fr- Nightmare on Elm Street movie to me. I uh, granted, there's a lot of good things in this film. There's a there's a decent amount of well done kills, but I think as a whole, it just focuses on pushing an image than it is being a relevant Freddy Krueger film. Um, Freddy Krueger plays a side note pretty much in this. He there's a confusing factor between the lead character Jesse and Freddy Krueger. And it's like, okay, is Freddy Krueger in Jesse? And then obviously you do see that transformation scene, mm-hmm. which is bad and vice versa. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's cool, but it's like, how is that happening and why? Um, there's just a lot of shit that doesn't matter in this movie. If I had a dime for every time, a scene started where Jesse wakes up sweating <laughs> or doing some other kind of, you know, like pretending a small baseball bats, his penis or <laughs> zooming or zooming in on his crotch and tidy whities you know? And it, it again, I'm not going to fault it from that whatsoever because there's so many movies that show women in that light, mm-hmm. you know? So not that that's a detrimental to me, but literally it shows him waking up sweating five six times and i just don't need to keep seeing that because it's not relevant to the story whatsoever it's like oh okay he had a bad dream and it's like okay he had a bad dream and then it's like okay he had a bad dream and it's just the same i just feel like this is a broken record and in terms of kills there i mean okay there there's some decent ones but five all happen at once and not all of them are great um, I mean, I've got probably some more to say about this film, but go ahead and give me some of your opinions real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, this, this film doesn't flow. And I almost, I almost gave it, uh, almost switched Freddy's Dead in part two, honestly, because it just, but this one does have, I'll tell you this, the, the cover art to this VHS gave me nightmares for years as a kid. I'm talking that, I don't know what it was about that cover, but damn, he looks scary as fuck on that one. So Props to you, whoever got that going, because that's shit. That was good stuff. Um, but, like, the whole film really doesn't make sense to me, especially coming from the first one. The first one lays the groundwork perfectly for this franchise. I'm talking, it's so, it's this, this movie, or this franchise is so iconic because of the original, because it sets the tone perfectly. And I'm kind of showing my hand a little bit, but I think you all know that anyway. I'm not surprising anybody by saying that. Um, but, like, this one totally deviates from the, the groundwork laid in the first one. Like it's, he's saying he has to use Jesse to kind of get to people. But why? I mean, I don't understand why. I mean, like, okay. Like I know he uses Jason in Freddy versus Jason to kind of make the kids scared to remember him, but like, he's actually trying to become Jesse, which is just weird. I just, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand why he's trying to do that. Like, okay. Use him to kind of bring fear, like to bring the name of Freddy back to the forefront but don't try to use his body to bring, I don't, it's almost like you're trying to bring him into the real world through him. Like he, his whole, his whole gimmick is being in dreams and they take that throughout the entire rest of the franchise. Dreams are, are, are his killing fields. So it's like, why take him out of the dream and put him into reality when you don't need to? That's it. 
and he doesn't even want to be in reality yeah. in any of the other films. He's perfectly fine being in Dream World. So, like, to access him in the real world and kill people doesn't really make a lot of sense. Granted, just like you mentioned, you know, to get his name out there and people to fear him again. But that's – he doesn't – he came alive in that pool party yes. scene. And he's in real life. And it and, and that's not like him to want that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah, it's just very weird, very not franchise-like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, just because it's different – doesn't always mean it's bad, right. but in this case, this one's just so different. There's, you know, and, and and to some people, that's a good thing. A lot of people love this movie. More power to you. But in just terms of what I like in a Nightmare on Elm Street film, this one isn't very surreal. It's very kind of based in reality as opposed to kind of the dream world. And I'm not a huge fan of that in my fr- – uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, films. yeah, I'm not either. Like I said, it's it's they totally deviate and they mess it up. And but okay, but barring that, you know this this film was touted for a long time, still is, you know, as as like the first kind of you know gay film because people touted Jesse as being gay. Um, you know, he's kind of awkward around his girlfriend. You know, there is kind of loosely given, and it's almost like it's people were trying to you know push it into that. But I, of course it was in the end, that's what it came out to be. The writer actually admitted finally, yes, I wrote Jesse to be gay. I wrote the movie to kind of echo gay rights and, and stuff, which is, which is you know, fantastic. So, you know, guard ahead, but I'm just saying they messed it up by messing up, adding it into this franchise. Like they should have done a better movie to put that into, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they could have they could have picked a better film to put to put the gay agenda into is what I'm trying to say I guess to make the make the point better, um, but like and I'm I'm saying agenda isn't a bad thing I'm just saying trying to get their message out so I'm trying to say I said that the wrong way, but coming back to it though, it's the kills in this one are okay like the whole scene where you know he goes to the the, the gay bar and he sees the the gym teacher and the gym teacher takes takes him back to the the school it makes him run laps and then all of a sudden the the uh gym teacher gets like you know, sh- you know pulled into the, the showers and stripped naked and it, should, it was almost over the top in, in in a bad way they should have made it more subtle i think and and kind of relaying the messages um they could have done a better job and not make it so cliche i guess is what i'm trying to say um, but I guess back then, I guess you had to be kind of blunt in some ways to get the message across. But uh, looking back on it now, I guess it's all it's all due to the fact of what time we're in. Um, I just think they could have done a little better job. But maybe back then, that's what they needed. So I don't. I'm not going to say that it's not. So, um, but anyway, barring all that, this film's just not that great. Um, because if Freddie, look, Freddie looks really good. I love the glove in this one too. The glove looks fantastic. It's real menacing looking, um, and it moves well. Uh, some of the ones that we love just doesn't move very well, but this one moves very well. It's very fluid. Uh, I love the way it looks too. So, um, and Robert, of course, is dead on with me and Freddie. That that transition scene, God, just beautiful. I mean, absolutely fucking beautiful. Um, of course, it doesn't serve the purpose of what the movie was supposed to be, in my opinion. Nonetheless, barring all that, it was a great scene. So, um, there you go. So, so tell me, tell me what else you were talking about. You said just some other things. So yeah, I was just going to echo a lot of what you said about, you know, it being kind of a pioneer in the uh like the gay film industry. And I, and I I think it's so important. And and when I just kind of like sit back and and watch it, it's like, you know, I I think wow, that's unnecessary. This is unnecessary. 
But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is 1985. And, and this is like a really kind of brave film. Uh, gr- <laughs> granted, you know, the coach being strung up and getting his ass smacked with the towel by Freddie. <laughs> Freddie is not going to do that. No, he's you know, not. no, he's not. And that's what I'm saying. Um, and I just think that's kind of where the humor comes in is I, I, I think, you know, it's like making laughs of the being a coach and in, in the whole gym setting. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I give it all, I, I give it five out of five all around with it being, you know, just, and again, I don't want to say pioneer of, of the, the gay horror industry, but because obviously I, I'm not very fluent in, in the history of, of that, right. you know, it probably extends way past 85 or oh. much earlier. Yeah. You know, I know cruising, you know, uh, what else is there? I mean, Hellraiser was all, I, actually, that was after this, but you know, that definitely has its nuances, but yeah, I mean, my qualms is just, it just doesn't feel like a Nightmare on Elm Street f- film to me in particular. Um, the, the fucking dogs with the baby heads, that, that, <laughs> that was the scariest part of the film for me. That that was they, they did that very well. I'll give you that. They did that very well because that is freaky as shit. Uh, I have a, a NECA figure, like the Friday the Nightmare on Elm Street two NECA figure, and it has the two dogs in the thing with it. And obviously, I pulled them out before. Like, damn, that's Nightmare material right there to the fucking max. <laughs> so, oh yeah. yeah, that that shit is terrifying. That's honestly probably one of the most effective things in this movie for me. And it's so it's so simple. They just put these little masks on Rottweilers, but it looks it looks so just menacing and nightmarish and and that's kind of the one one of the big things i took away from this film was that the boiler scenes were fantastic just the the vastness and the immense size of it pretty intimidating Mm -hmm. and i i think it i remember it quite well you know it's one of those things i took away from this movie yeah oh definitely and it's cool because where i work um, we have a boiler room. Of course, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I take pictures of the boiler room we have here. And it's it's similar. It's not as dark and not as big, but it still has, you know, like the graded floors and the, the bars running everywhere and the pipes and, the, of course, the boiler's sitting there too. So it's kind of cool because I do watch that film and go, wow, I can actually go to a boiler and kind of compare and contrast what, what they use in the film. So it's really cool to see that in person. So, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, man. It is badass. So, um but yeah, it's, I just wish this film was just, you know, have more continuity with the rest of the franchise because it really does throw you off. Being only the second film in, and already you're kind of not going along with what you need to go along with. So that's kind of, you know, a sad thing. But Yeah, and I also want to mention, too, I love the ending to the first film and this one where it kind of ends with, like, holy shit, like, what's going on? You know, like, in this one, it's, it's the bus, and it's like, oh, it's that that nightmare feel you know like you don't know where the film ends up you're like oh is this a dream is this not you know like obviously there's certain peril for everybody that survived the whole film at the very end to maybe be dead maybe not i just i don't know i i know a lot of people dislike those kind of what the fuck endings but i I really enjoy them just because I know what's after the films. Now, if I went to the theater and I saw it and I figured, hey, this might be the last film of the franchise, I'd be like, well, I, I want to know more, you know? But right, just right. knowing that Freddy Krueger ended up being this this horror icon, you always know there's more to come. And and that's kind of what's beautiful in this franchise is the what the hell moments, you know? Yes, yes. I fully agree with you on that. Fully agree with that. And, and like I said, it's, 
the the end scene of a part two is is brilliant because they do kind of they leave you with if you haven't seen this movie before we're going to spoil it right here for just a little bit but it's not that big of a deal but but you know the, the, at first he thinks the bus is going too fast and you know and he's freaking out and then it turns out it's just 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 driving fast they go okay we're good now and all of a sudden it just takes off and he just drives into this field and you go oh, fuck you know that's i mean imagine being on a bus as a kid and that happening to you that'd be fucking freaky as shit because you don't know where you're going you know and so yeah, it was it was very brilliant. I agree with you, Matt. And kind of going back, you know, talking about Jesse for just a minute, you know, he he is probably he's not the only one. There was, I guess, was in was it the not the burning? Uh, or was it the burning that had the the final boy? Yeah, uh huh. Burning, yeah, Alfred. Yes, so the burning, yeah, Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. Yeah, we go. And then this one, you know, they probably. I mean, and I'm sure there were more than that, but the, those are probably the two most iconic ones. And I think he was a pretty good one. I think he did a pretty good job. Um, Overall, I think the script wasn't the greatest, you know, but I think he definitely was – the acting in it was very good. I wasn't upset by the acting at all, so I think he did a great job. So props to you, brother. Yeah, man. His scream is something of legend too. I, I've yet to hear a man scream as well as that, to be honest. I, I agree with you, man. It's it's, it's frightening because he goes – funny because he goes – I think the first of the movie, they're, they're like, downstairs eating breakfast. And he's yeah. like – you know, all the day there's – Jesse's up, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There he goes, you know. But uh, it, yeah, there's some really funny moments in that movie, and, and of course, you got you got the bird that spontaneously combusts. I forgot about that. That was pretty. Funny oh movie. yeah, huh? His dad like, blames I mean, like, him for it, like yeah, what? yeah. But 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 like okay, but they say like it's like 97 degrees in the house, dude. I, I've had no AC in the middle of summertime, and it gets like 90, like 92, 93. It's unbearable. And these fuckers are sitting around in their normal clothes, like reading the paper. I'm like, fuck that. I mean, you'd be like half naked and shit. What the hell, man? Yeah. That makes no sense. You know, <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that was, that was probably the most unbelievable thing in the entire movie. But, um, anyway, so there you go. <laughs> there's, there's part two. Yeah. In a um, nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, number five and, uh, see what we got for that. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. This number five is God. Every town has an Elm Street. Ah! What the prime time, bitch! Alright, are you ready for another shocker? Lay it, lay it on me, brother. New Nightmare. What? Yep, yep. I, I knew I knew you'd hate that. Oh, brother. <laughs> now, can I, you, can I even call you brother anymore? I don't oh, know, maybe, on, man. Maybe not after this. Ooh, okay, all right. I'm just going to back off for a minute. Okay, please just just kill me slowly. <laughs> kill me slowly, brother. Kill me slowly. So, as far as my knowledge goes, this is a pioneer in meta uh, horror film history. This was yep. before Scream, you know, before uh, – fuck, what's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. And I I know what you're doing last summer. Uh, you know, it's – Right, right. It was before that. Obviously, it's not teen horror like those are. I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant the way they went through um, the meta-ness of this movie. You're out – You're so, okay, for all of you listening who haven't seen this movie – it's from the outside looking in. The first film exists, and it's it it takes place in real world. Um, obviously, it follows actress Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy in the first film, and and literally every pretty much everyone in the first film makes a cameo in this. 
and it's so brilliantly well done, but it's just the feel of it. Um, it's, it feels tame to me. It, it feels kind of withdrawn. I love, again, the storytelling is excellent. I think it's very brilliant the way they went about it. The writing and, and the characters are amazing. Um, but the ending, uh, Nancy has, or I'm sorry, Heather Langenkamp has to become <laughs> Nancy to defeat Freddie, And she has to call John Saxon daddy. Now, I don't know. It's just, that was a little far-fetched for me. I love Miko Hughes, the little kid. Obviously he's in Pet Cemetery and a slew of others. He He's probably one of the most adorable kids I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, if I'm going to put on a Nightmare on Elm Street film, this is uh, one of the last ones I would put. It Again, it's Freddy. Freddy doing his thing is in the very background. It's very much focused on Heather. A, again, that's not a bad thing because she's a very good ca- uh, character. She's a very well-developed character in the franchise. But when it comes to what I like these movies for, this has almost none of it. I love the, the, I want to call it dream scene, but when they get sucked into the bed and she, and they're in that kind of cavern, the chamber and they're running from Freddy. I, I love that because that feels like a Friday film or Friday. Look at me trying to talk about Friday the 13th in this episode. Um, that's what I think of a Nightmare on Elm Street film. And I know you're a huge meta fan. I enjoy it too. But honestly, it's not really up there for me. Uh, And I can't explain why, because I can straight up say that the idea of this film is absolutely brilliant. It's genius. You have Wes Craven in this goddamn movie, for fuck's sake, talking about the ending, or the script needs an ending, and, you know. But, I don't know, when, when when the nails hit the road, it's just not really my cup of tea. And again, I completely know how it is for some people. Obviously, I know it's it low key might be in your top spot, top three. You know, obviously, we'll figure that out later. But to me, it's just kind of middle of the road because it's much better than the super, super gimmicky films in the franchise. And I can acknowledge that. But in terms of the franchise as a whole, it's just not as good as the first four or not first four films in the franchise, but the first four films in my ranking. Yeah. I mean, like, like, and I understand, you know, where you're coming from on this and, and a lot of people have issues with it and whatever the issues may be or whatever. Uh, so I think maybe your thing is maybe you just don't think it was executed. Right. So I, I understand that too. Uh, I have very different thoughts on the, you know, the way I believe this film was done. So, you know, we'll, we'll cover it later on, but, uh, but yeah, you're killing me, man. But I, mean, I guess it is what it is, brother. You know, <laughs> different strokes, different folks. Um, all right, so here's my number five film. My number five film is, uh, it's part five, and kind of lines up there pretty well. Um, I, I, I don't hate this film, and I don't love this film. It's just almost dead center for me in the middle of the pack. Um, it's you're right. All those things you said about it earlier were exactly right. I don't, I don't deny that. It very, it's very quirky. It's very weird. It doesn't flow very well. Uh, the little, it's poo poo. It is. It's, it, it, yeah, it just, it makes you feel kind of poopy. It's just like, eh. But, <laughs> but like, 
I know there's some parts in it I like love. Like the kills are great. Super Freddy is fucking badass. I love Super Freddy. He's one of my favorite characters in any of the Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Did I say that really? Not, <laughs> and Nightmare on Elm Street films. There we go. God, I had a... Ooh, yes. Let's talk about Friday the 13th no, instead. No, no, no. Back up. Back up. We did that already. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to do that. Uh, but, but, uh, but no, um, it... Uh, but like I said, that, that motorcycle kills one of my favorite kills in the entire franchise. It's just so well done and so practical, man. The, the practical effects on that are fucking fantastic. Uh, but the one thing I do have a problem with on this film, you're right, is the fact that the, the coherency in the film just doesn't flow very well. And like I said, I, I think if they had taken the whole hallucination thing and kind of inserted it into this film, it would have been a whole lot better. But they just, I guess they hadn't caught about it yet. So I guess it really doesn't, didn't make much sense to them at the time. Um, it is what it is, brother. Like this film is, like yeah. I said, it's middle of the pack. It's, I, I don't rewatch it very much unless I'm like watching the entire series through, but, uh, it has its good points that the, the whole like swimming pool scene too is very nasty to me. Like, you know, that girl, she's like diving off the high dive and she's up diving into like a cesspool of like shit and weird. Poo-poo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, theme, the theme was a night poo poo. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just gross. It's just like, it's all cringy and shit. And I have a big phobia of toilets. Like we talked about that before in the past, but it reminds me of her, like her dubbing into like a humongous toilet. And that just makes me want to throw up. So I don't think we have talked about this. Really? I don't think if so. We, I, this isn't ringing any bells. If, I feel like it would. If we did, it was a long, long time ago, but like, I don't know, man. Uh, like public toilets, especially like I just like there's a scene in have you seen Train Spotting by any chance? No, there's, there's a scene uh-huh. in that where a guy crawls out of a toilet like in a hallucination or like a a trip type of thing, and dude, it it got me so worked up and so grossed out. I I just about blew chunks everywhere when I saw that. Like it's just the toilets are just gross anyway for me, but like especially public toilets, just oh god, dude, it just makes me my skin crawl right now and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a it's an understandable thing. I mean, that shit's not really hygienic. Yeah. So, like, when I go out, you know, I, I you know, I, I like I like to plant my seeds at home, if that means anything to anybody. So, um, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess on that's on both things. But anyway, I, I digress. That's for later talking. Um, that's pillow talk right there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, just to get back to part five for a minute. Um, the, the, I guess the one coherent part of the story is the whole, you know, Amanda Kruger thing. They do kind of continue that and kind of expound on that, which I like. So it's, it has its good parts. It has its bad parts overall. I guess it is very, it's, it's dead center in the middle of my, of my movies. So uh, it's, I could take it, leave it, whatever, you know, Robert England does a great job in it. Uh, the glove looks really good. His outfit's really cool. You know, it was very Christmassy and festive and, you know. Uh, well, is this the one where it, it kind of explains Amanda Kruger be- being locked up in the um, – what, whatever the fuck those are called. Yeah, the asylum. Yeah, and, and Freddy's the bastard son of like 100 maniacs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He What, what happened – I mean, I guess in part four it kind of goes into that a little bit. Or I guess, I guess it starts in part three, but they really kind of like expand on that and kind of explain things a little more and kind of take it a little farther. So, I mean, like I said, this, this is probably the most coherent um, – uh, franchise that we've covered in, in talking about like the major ones. Um, there are a few breakoffs here and there, but for the most part, it does have one coherent story throughout the entire thing, which is really great to me. But, um, but yeah, I, but at the same point, it really doesn't explain it very well. And the ending of this, like you said, that little kid and how he tries to like take over Freddie's power and all he does is like, you know, 
I don't even know. I don't even know. Dude. It's, it, you can't even explain it because it's just so fun. I can't even. I just, you know what? I'm not going to try because it's just, it's pointless. But anyway, as, as, you know, as part of the whole series, watch it because it has some good parts, has some funny parts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's worth a watch, but don't break your neck trying to, you know, trying to get it somewhere, you know, worried about watching it or whatever. So I guess. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to, to our number four pick because I'm, uh, I'm kind of waiting to get into the top ones here. And so we can really get into the meat of these things, you know, the, the Freddie meat. So the meat and taters. Ooh, ooh yeah. Meat and taters like that. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Every you do, don't fall asleep. This number four is God. Every time has an elf street. Ah! But the Well, for uh, numerical satisfaction purposes, I have. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 as my fourth spot. <laughs> you copying me, buddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that too after you said part five was your five. I was like, well, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Let's talk well, about Nightmare okay, on Elm Street. Okay. Well, before we move on, though, my, my, my yeah. number four is also part four. So. Oh, okay. Well, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, okay. So, well, that's you, fun. You go ahead and, and, and tell, tell us your, your side, buddy. So this is kind of always been on the fence to me this one has kind of always been in the middle of the pack it's got some good things and it's got some not so good things i think that a lot of the kills in this one are some of the best in the franchise you got the bug um you've got the this is the one oh no the overeating's five isn't it yes overeating's five okay well that's something good i can say about part five was the kills were good in that one too but um I think Alice is a very good protagonist, and she's a good final girl. And I understand she's in part five as well. This is the first film she's in. I just think she's stronger in this film. Um, obviously, you know, because she's got all the powers, and then she can, like, absorb other people's powers. Like, her, her fucking karate brother, once he, <laughs> spoiler alert, once he gets killed, like, she can all of a sudden, like, put on his bandana and become a goddamn kung fu master like Jackie Chan or some shit. Like, like I, it's just so funny to watch these things happen and you're just like, nope, like that, like that's not even cool. Like that, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't know who writes this shit. And I get it. it. This was, what was it? 88, 1988. So it's like different shit was different back then. I understand, but it, it's, I don't know a lot of, it, it's got a slight cringe factor, mm-hmm. which I've noticed a lot of these films have, um, as do most other franchises, you know, the Friday the 13th has a couple cringy ones and Halloween, but Nightmare on Elm Street is just so goddamn gimmicky. And this was the last one film, at least to me, before Freddy kind of went to the deep end. Mm. He's he, This is the first one where he's over the top, hum, like, humorous, I guess is the word I'm looking for, without being just too in your face. Right. And, and I like this one because of that. And I like a lot of the characters. I like a lot of the kills. Um, okay. I'll say this right now that the poster for this film is probably one of my favorites of all time. It's just Mm. very colorful and pretty. Um, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just trying to think of other things I want to say about this one. It's just, it's always been in the middle of the pack and then rewatching all these movies. I was like, maybe, well, in terms of the other films in the franchise, maybe it's not so bad. You know, it's, it's definitely climbed a few spots. 
Um, I know you hate it that I probably have this above New Nightmare. I knew that that, that was a huge surprise to you. Yeah, it really was. But like I said, you know, with this franchise, honestly, it's, you know, Freddy is Freddy and and he's very unique. So the movies you pick, you know, know, it's all personal preference. So like I can't be mad at you too much about it. But, you know, I'll just have to take it out on your ass later. So. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm not accepting that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there you go. Um, oh, but you know, the, you're right. This film does. It is. It is the moment before he becomes like Mister Over the Top. You know, ha ha, Freddy Krueger. You know, so it's he's more enjoyable. Like, you know, the, I, I love the, uh, the 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 suck face kiss uh, of death is what I call it. You know, I love that scene because it is kind of crazy and stupid, but at the same point, it's just it's very clever because he kind of uses her asthma to, to kill her. You know, so it's. I like the way that the first films kind of take like real situations and then like he uses them in the dreams to really kill them. So it's kind of covering him up, you know, but it's at the same time, the whole point is of him, you know, he's trying to make people remember him. So it's like, do you really want to cover it up with something or do you want to make it very obvious? Cause like, you know, in, in the first films, it's a lot of slashing with the four, with the four razors and making it very obvious who it is. And I guess as it goes on, he kind of tries to cover it up, you know, but, I don't know. Maybe it's just he's trying to wait for the big ones to make this big entrance type thing, but I don't know. Um, you know, Fred, Freddy's a very big showman. <laughs> oh yeah, showman. Show the showman. But uh, but no, this one has some great kills in it. Like I said, the, the bug kill is just—it's so gruesome. God, it's just you know her arms are breaking off, and you know her face is getting stuck to the you know the, the glue, and you know, and then he squishes her at the end. It's just you know spoiler alert, of course. But yeah, it's it's fucking badass and. Um, I'm trying to think it's of just some more of the parts like the end scene, the end fight is very epic feeling, uh, a little cheesy, but it's the eighties. So what do you expect? You know, but I do like the way to incorporate, you know, all the, the, her friends, you know, to kind of help her out even when them, them not being there. Um, but you're right. It is very, it is very like the karate guy. Oh my God. It's so, like, that's not karate. I'm sorry. It's, you know, he's just some guy throwing punches and kicks, you know, in the back of his, you know, or, or in, the, in his basement somewhere, you know, it's just really, oof, the cringe is there, dude. The cringe is still there. Um, but I do enjoy this film a lot. Like you said, Alice is a very good protagonist and, and, uh, sure, her acting is good. And of course, they replaced her with someone new in part five, which I thought was a big mistake. But I think there's a big story behind that about how there wasn't enough money or something. But I think that was from three to this oh, was one. Three to this that one? was a. Pre- Patricia Arquette was um, recasted by Tuesday Night. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, no, I think I think Alice wasn't Alice recasted in the in the the fourth one though. No, she's in that one. Oh as well, no, you're right. Okay. Lisa Wilkins. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Miles, I'm risking there. Which sorry. Which um, that's something I wanted to mention that I hate about this movie was the complete disregard for every single character that was in part three, yeah. um, being Kincaid, Joey, and uh, Kristen, mm-hmm. who were pretty much the heroes of part three. It's like, Oh, you know, everyone's happy. This and that Heather Langenkamp's dead now. Um, but, and then they just get killed just instantly in this movie. And it's just like, what's the point, man? I mean, and it's not like a Friday, the 13th part two situation where, you know, um, shit, what's her name? Is it Alice? The main girl? It's just, she literally, that's the first scene is her just getting, fucking finger blasted in the temple by a goddamn ice pick, yeah, but, you know? But, yeah, it's but just, that's kill is epic, though. I mean, you have to admit, like, she goes out on a very high oh, note, yeah. so... Oh, yeah, it's badass, yeah. but then it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why not just kind of just... 
I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's like rewriting your steps. Obviously, I know all these movies are made by people who didn't make the prior ones, and they want to finish the story to the other films to continue doing what they want to do with the franchise. Right. So, but I mean, I don't know. As a viewer, it's not very satisfying, you know. Right, but but at the same point, I was making this point to someone the other day. Like the whole, the reason I think the Halloween franchise to me is not as good is because they drew out this whole Laurie Strode storyline, and. I think I honestly, I honestly think that Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street took that and said, "Okay, well they're drawing this out, so let's let's make it new almost every single film. Let's let's carry a few characters, but for the main part, let's let's try to not do that, you know. And then you know, kind of stay away from the Halloween, you know, uh, mantle or, or uh, um, schedule. Or I'm trying to fuck what I'm saying. Just the way they did it, I, I can't think of it. My, yeah, no, I got you. But, uh, yeah, and I've yeah, that's I definitely agree with you that a lot of the later Halloweens are, are boring because it's just the same thing, or not not the same thing, but it it's continuing the same storyline. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I'm drawn to films like Friday the Thirteenth because you can just put one on. It doesn't fucking matter what happened in the last one. You're just gonna watch Jason killing some people in very creative ways. Mm-hmm. And and Nightmare on Elm Street is it kind of does the Halloween thing like. Mm-hmm. I know I know your counterpoint was that it doesn't want to, you know, continue the same thing all the way through, but there are so many occurrences that are just drawn out throughout this franchise. It's like the backstory of Freddy Krueger and and it's like, "Oh wait, no, this happened and oh, the, this child and the, uh, it's just no, I just want a f- I just want films with Freddy Krueger where he just comes in, no prior nothing, no not worrying about the future at all. I just want him to fucking enter people's dreams and and uh, fuck them up with his fingers. Right, right. Fuck people well, up with his fingers. Really. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's why I think you both you and I agree that the fact of like four is like the last you know decent one really you know and I and I say that loosely because I do love the other entries, but like you know it, it kind of you know they they, they kind of keep a centralized theme through the other ones, but at the same point I think. You know, there's some more that come that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, you know, three and even the original that just have great parts in them that, you know, we just love to see. So and, and it, it kind of outweighs that repetitiveness of this of the franchise. So um, no, I do agree with you. The fact it does have things that need to be put to bed and, and not talked about anymore. Uh, but at the same point, I think it does. It, it, it almost makes you forget because you're watching him be so creative with his kills and and his quick wittedness and. Uh, just his brutality throughout the entire thing. I think it even. I think this one's kind of evens it out in a way, but you know, that's that's all. You know, personal preference too. I think so. Yeah, true. I, yeah, I'm, everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, this this is one of those good entries that, like I said, it's right before he goes hokey and uh, can really get some decent kills. And he, you know, at the very end when he pulls his shirt up and he has, you know, all the the people, you know, these killed. And I think that's really cool. But he's like, you know. Um, you, know, you may have their power, but I have their souls. You know, that's just such a badass thing. You know, he's like, it's, it's the eternal battle for her, her friends. And, you know, it's just, it's really cool. And I like the way that she defeats him too. You know, she uses, uh, you know, something that's already in place to beat him. It's not like she just goes like, you know, go away. And he just like disappears, you know, it's like, she has to, you know, he has to have like something, you know, to actually beat him with or defeat him with. So, um, yeah, that I'll have something else to talk about later on in another film that just didn't do that very well. But, um, We'll just save that for later talk. But um, anything else you want to cover before we move on? Um, no, I think yeah, we're all think, set on I that one. Four is you know, definitely a good entry, but I think it does have its downfalls, and that's why it's not higher up on our list. Obviously, so um, all right, well, let's uh, let's get to our top three, man. Here we go. 
whatever you do, don't fall asleep. This number three. Every town has an elm street. Ah! What the front time, bitch! So I've got an interesting one here. Um, obviously, for anybody paying attention, they would know that I have not picked Freddy versus Jason yet. So I'm going to do that right here. All right. Well, that's high, dude. Sheesh. Yes. I feel a lot of people already being pissed off, but um, <laughs> let me explain. Okay, please do. This this film suffers from the nostalgic factor in my life. Um, this was one one of the first horror movies I've seen. If that doesn't show my age, then I don't know what does. Damn. This film came out in um, 2003. You are yeah, so I was young. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was nine when this came out. And <laughs> I. <laughs> I remember going to this video shop near me, and it was called Hollywood Video. And I saw the fucking title and, and the cover of this. And I was just. And I, I was obviously aware of Freddy Krueger and, and Jason Voorhees, but I had never seen any of the films before. I might, I might have seen maybe the original Friday the 13th, but obviously Jason isn't in that. So I, I, it's funny. My parents let me fucking buy it on VHS and hell yeah. And it's just one of those films that was so important to me because it immediately just kind of showed me this world of that. I had no idea existed. And, and this film is extremely gimmicky and it's very, um, What's the right word for it? Kind of immature. Yes. You know, I agree. but I'm a goddamn nine year old. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not like, Oh, that's, that's too much. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, this is great. Hell like, you know, just people dying and stuff. Uh, that's kind of maybe strange. A nine year old is thinking that, but I thought it, uh, so this film, I always ho- hold on such a high, um, totem because this really started it for me. Um, whether you, people want to hate it or love it, but I went back after watching this to other films in both franchises and I was like, holy shit. Um, and then even looking at this now, it still takes me back. And I think that's, that's what's important to a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, putting on those movies that puts you in a certain time and place in your life that you hold dear. And, and this is one of them. And as much as <laughs> I can hear, Everything I've said for the past minute and a half, cringeworthy to everybody, but I would just rather put this one on than all the films that we already mentioned uh, today on our franchises, this this franchise list, and and that's why I have it here, because that's how I judge my rating, is like, well, would I rather watch this or this? And then I think this is right where it needs to be, at least in my list, Um well, fuck, I haven't even talked about the goddamn movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, kill it. Yeah, seriously, the, the characters are pretty cringe. You know, there's a lot of cringy moments, but there's a lot of badassness. There's a, there's a lot of rock music in this, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a hip young man. That's my shit. I love it. Um, I'm with it. Dude, dude, uh, dude, dude just... that's, that's, stop, that's cringy. Quit. You're cringy. Uh, yes, I am, but I know. I know that I am, so I keep my mouth shut. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't. There's nothing really to say because I feel like I probably talked about this a lot in my Friday the Thirteenth episode. Um, again, this was uh two two or three episodes ago, so go back and check that one if you're interested. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's that's really my opinions on that one. So uh, if 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 you don't like it, then 
I'm not sorry. The, all all DMs or, or hate mail goes to Kevin. Um, I give you his home phone number, his email address. <laughs> you just hit me up. I'll, I'll give it all of it. So I, mean, I, I, I can't I can't fault you for that. I was like, as like I said, nostalgia has a huge part in the way you view horror, um, the way everyone views horror, honestly. So you know, I can't fault you for that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I will judge you, you know, profusely in my life for just, you know doing that. But it is what it is, brother. I mean, you know. You can help your help. You can help what you love, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Go. There you go. And, and like I said, there are kills in that movie that I do enjoy, and there's parts I do enjoy a lot. Overall, like I said, it's just not what I wanted, but it's it's not it's not a bad film. It's not a bad film at all. So I I can give you that pass. Um, yeah, it's entertaining at the least. Oh yeah, very much, very much. Well, okay. Anything else to say before we move on? Uh, no, man. I'll sit on that one. All right. Well, I'm going to continue my little journey down the, the five, four, three here, and I'm going to pick part three as my number three. <laughs> so, um, oh, Jesus. and I didn't really plan on that, but it just kind of happened that way. Um, part three to me that now talking about nostalgic, holy shit, this movie is very nostalgic for me. Uh, I remember watching it growing up, um, more, more so in high school than anything. And it was, I was, I was past that scared part of Freddie. Back when I was little, so I was more to the hell yeah, Freddy's fucking badass. I love him. So part three definitely helped me to just move into that perfectly because this film has a has a very unique way of still keeping Freddy a little bit scary, a little bit menacing, but also gives that fun factor to the to the series and can gives that you know that that uh, quirkiness to the character without going too over the top and. You know, the one of the, you know, I think if anyone ever asks what the most, uh, you know, repeated or quoted lines in any of the Nightmare on Elm Street films, it's got to be the one I put in the transition, welcome to primetime, bitch. That, everyone knows that. Everyone knows what part it's on. Everyone knows what happens. Um, the TV with him growing out of it, you know, when his arms coming out, like that's so iconic. Um, it's just, it, it's amazing. Um, so... Did- did you know Robert England ad libbed that? Yes, I did, and I amazing. That I know, dude. That's and I think I'm, I was trying to think what the actual line was he was going to say, but it was something. It, it was it was similar, kind of, sorta. So, but he made it so much better when he ad libbed that shit. So, I, yeah, props to you, Robert, dude. You're a fucking badass. Um, but the kills in this one are probably some of the best ones in the entire series. Um, you know, the, the, the puppet, the way that, you know, the puppet is probably one of my favorite things because the way like it shows the puppet hanging on the wall and then it kind of forms into his face and then like he's, he's walking along the floor, you know, it's just so cool looking. Um, and then the scene, you know, that same scene where he cuts the guy's veins and uses them for like the marionette strings. That's so disgusting. Oh my God, that's fucking gross. Um, I, love it. I know it's, it's so good. It's so good, but it's so gross too. But it's like, you know, that part, you know, he's walking down the hallway and it's like the nurse is not paying attention. I'm like, wouldn't you see that leaving on your peripheral? Like, I don't know. And, and oh, another thing, he walks through the door, like, like through it, like, you know, like a ghost would walk through a door, but like, isn't he awake in that part? Cause like, you don't see the veins that, that part always threw me off. I think he isn't his eyes still closed when he's like in real life. I mean, he's, yeah, he's asleep. Like, like in real life, he is asleep, but like, but you're still like real. So like he would bump into the door or like push the door open, but he like walks through it like a ghost. There's a lot of that in this franchise where you're like, (laughs) 
okay, this is the real world. Why why is this happening if it's only in their dreams? And I think it was part five that had that problem where it was just like, holy shit, am I in reality or not? Yes, exactly. And it's just, yeah, a lot, yeah you're right. A lot of it happens and it's like, okay, I guess you got to kind of give it a pass because you, you can't really do that much about it. So, um, But yeah, the, the character, of course, Nancy, Pedaling and Kent comes back, which is, it's I love, I love the fact she came back. Uh, her character is really good in this one. Uh, and Mel makes sense because she's had, you know, prior experience with this and she's the one that all the kids relate to. And, um, what are you chilling out over there? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it's just in Robert England, it probably plays one of his best Freddies in this film too. It's just, it's so well done. He is menacing. He's so like just dastardly. This is probably the best way I can describe him. Very dastardly. Very, you know, if he had like one of those mustaches, he'd curl the ends and go, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it's just fucking awesome, dude. Um, uh, I can't say enough good thing about King is about this film, honestly. It's just such a great movie. Uh, it's, it's one of the ones I can really pop in, like you said, you know, pop in one and just watch it. This is the ones I can do that with, and it's just I just love it from start to finish. You never get sick of watching it. Um, the 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 Freddy lore kind of takes a different um, turn toward the end of this, where they have to find his bones and then bury them, you know, kind of put him to rest type thing. So that's another way they kind of defeat him, uh, which is kind of cool. And of course, it has the whole you know stop motion like you know Clash of the Titans thing going on, which I love that and um, very nostalgic for me. Um, so it's just it's just it's a really really well made film for me, and of course Nancy gets killed. She comes back and she also gets killed. Spoiler alert: if you don't know that, fuck you, whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it's really sad to see that happen. But it's done in a very good way. It's all kind of done for a purpose. So um, yeah, this movie is just fucking fantastic. So I love it. Yeah, I I Great. I can almost guess where you have this film, but I'm not gonna say so. Just gonna, yeah, we'll see. Just I know, I know, I know for a fact. So don't even try to pull it over me, Kevy. Don't even try, you little bastard. I'm gonna find you out. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, here we are, at number two, man. Two more to go. And like I said, I, I, I can't. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Anyway. So let's just get on to number two. Number two. Every town has an Elm Street. Ah! What the prime time, bitch! Well, well, well. <laughs> so you know what this one is, right? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I know what these last two are now. <laughs> Do you know what my number one is? You said you're pretty sure you know which one. I, I'm pretty sure it's number three, but... That's but just just tell me what your number two is. So I want to know what your number two is. Fake news. It's Nightmare on the Street Three. Oh God, dude, I could have sworn. Yeah. I could have sworn three was gonna be number one, but uh, oh well. Now, honestly, prior to rewatching all of these films, I probably would have had it at number one. Mm. I had a real hard time um, picking between this one and the first one, but just kind of when I break it down. I just love the seriousness and, and the grittiness and the darkness of the first film. And I, I okay, well, I'm not going to talk about the first one. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the third one here. But the third one, it just has a certain... I love it. Okay, <laughs> wow, dude, that pause was in 
<laughs> God, that was so good. It made me kind of hard a little bit. Oh, wow. So. I'm harder. Um, so <laughs> it's like I, I'm trying to explain what it is that put this in the number two spot. But it's just, I think in terms of maybe hmm, story, I don't know. it's more of a mysterious force in the first one. Yeah. And then this is kind of where Freddy Krueger has hints of being gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's done perfectly in this film. I think. I think part three is the penultimate Freddy Krueger. I I love the Freddy Krueger in this one, but I don't know, man. It's just something about the first one. It's just leagues ahead in well, my mind. Slow, okay, slow, I'm not yeah, slow, ahead, slow, wait, slow down, though. Slow down. We got we got a whole other segment for that. So we'll just talk about stick on three. It's true. Okay. <laughs> yes, I keep on. See, look, that's why that's why I have that one number one. I keep talking about that one, even though I'm supposed to be talking about another one. Um, part three, dude. The kills in this one are fantastic. The, the The story is great, actually. I know I was just talking trash about it. <laughs> I I, I, the, I watched this one, and this one was my favorite my entire life. Upon a rewatch this week, that's how like high I hold this one mm-hmm. because the, the acting is actually pretty good. You got uh, Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. as a male nurse Larry, who uh, doesn't like that. It was Larry Fishburne back then, dude. Come on now. Oh yeah, that is name in the credits, Larry Fisher. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like young before you hit your like. It's not Bobby anymore. It's Robert. <laughs> you know, like take me seriously. <laughs> that is so funny, dude. That's hilarious. That's exactly what it is, too. Uh, um, but dude, you got Patricia Arquette, man. She was she she still is fine. Oh god, yes. Heather Langenkamp in this, John Saxon in this, just pretty much completing where the first film left off Mm -hmm. because everyone knows the second film is pretty much its own goddamn thing you know it doesn't continue the nancy storyline whatsoever so it's really cool to have them back the just everything about this film i think is just nearly perfect Mm -hmm. i agree it there is some downtime in this movie but i love kind of the What's the correct word I'm looking for? I, I, it's just kind of flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I'll, I'll rock with that. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the flow and the them turning into like wizard master and the punk rock bitch. Like I'm beautiful and bad. <laughs> so cheesy, dude. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Uh, it's just this one holds up it really does it it probably holds up alongside a couple other ones as well as any in the franchise oh yeah oh, 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 oh one thing too i forgot to mention last time i was talking about it the um uh the syringe finger freddy is so iconic dude that's one of the most iconic freddies of all time so oh yeah and what does he say too when he stabs her he's like got drugs or something he's a let's get high, a let's get high. oh yeah, yeah. Let's get high. Oh, yeah, Classic. Yep. So good. And and that's the thing too is that I, I when I ever you can tell, okay, let me just say this while I'm stuttering. You can tell when I'm super fond of a movie because I don't know what the fuck to say. Yes, me too. That's how you that's how you know that I really like a movie because I just I feel it's hard to explain you know your true emotions on a, on a movie that you're so high on. So Whenever I'm just kind of not making any sense and just rambling on about nothing, then then you know, uh, just deep down, be like, 
okay, Kev loves this movie, you know, and that's the case here. There's nothing really I can say. There's nothing really I can't say in regards to this one. Is is that why when you talk about me, you kind of stumble and and kind of, you know, can't like find your words? Yes. Oh, Kevy. I love you too, buddy. Mm, that was me stuttering for you. Oh, baby. Okay, sorry, sorry. That's, okay. that's, that's for later. Sorry. I keep getting all you know enamored by you. I got to stop. I got to pull back a little bit. You know, put, put that curtain back in its place and we'll, we'll do it later on. So, okay. Sorry. Continue. Oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> no, oh, no. That, that was pretty much it, man. I think we're on to your number two now. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think I think you know what my number two is. I think this is pretty solid. I think. I, or do you? Okay. Let's see if you can guess. Can you guess my number two? I'd say it's the original. Mm, nope. New Nightmare. <laughs> oh. Okay. I knew I knew you loved that. Um. What's that style? Meta. meta. I, you love that meta yeah, shit. I eat that meta shit for fucking breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, everything, man. It's just it's what I, I live for. It. But. As we all know, the OG has a special place in my heart. So anyway, before we get to that, let's talk about New Nightmare for a minute. I know that you have an issue with the fact that it doesn't really follow Freddy Krueger that closely. Uh, it's, it's more about Nancy and like that. But see, that's that's the beauty of the meta part of that movie is that it, it does focus on Freddy, but it, it views him in a realistic style through the eyes of the people that view him either in film or to know Robert in person or to know Wes in person. Uh, it's, it's, it's so well done. I can't even describe it. Like you said, when you like a movie so much, you can't talk about it. It's so, this one's so hard to talk about because it's just so just well done. It's so perfect in my opinion. Um, it, it really is the first meta film. that does it actually right. I guess a few before this, I tried to try to get it right, the formula right, but it just couldn't, couldn't quite bridge the gap between reality and then the film world. And I think this one definitely has that line where it, it, it's, you see the line and it, but it's just blurred just enough to where you kind of go, okay, well, is this real or is this fiction or, or where are they going with us? You know, is that Robert England in that costume or, or, you know, in or Freddie, or is it actually Freddie Krueger, the one that they've built, in these movies. So it's the, the line is so blurred. It's so it's done so well that it's just, it blows my mind every time I watch it, honestly. Um, the, the ending part is, is kind of, kind of loses you, but at the same point, I think you almost had to take it in a, like a dream fantasy type realm, because if you didn't like, that's where Freddy Krueger lives. So you're, you're going to almost have to take him out on his own turf because people try to bring him into the real world and, you know, that kept failing. So obviously if you find a way to defeat him in, in the dream world, then you kind of defeated him overall, which I think is kind of a cool way to put that. But, um, but yeah, so the storyline that really holds up to me, uh, I love the way that the, the kid keeps getting pulled in and, and he kind of freaks out every so often, you know, and you know, it, it's, it's, he's such a creepy kid too. I love it. Um, but I, I it's a pet cemetery yeah. kid, yes, right? Dude, he's use- so good. God, he's so good. He's, he's one of the best child actors, honestly, in horror of all time. Um, but I love Heather in this. She is so damn hot. I mean, I don't know what it is, but dude, yeah, <laughs> she is amazing in this. She looks amazing. Her acting's on point. She's just, she conducts herself so perfectly. This is my penultimate Nancy slash Heather. Like, she's fucking perfect. Um, and I love the way toward the end, like you said, that, that line gets even more blurred when, when, you know, she starts calling John Saxon, you know, um, you know, dad, and then he calls her Nancy and, you know, <laughs> you got to call me daddy to, to defeat him. Like, right. what? I don't- you call me daddy, bitch. <laughs> but, um, I, 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 
Well, I, I see you, John Saxon. I, sh- I see what you're trying to do. I love him, by the way, man. He's, he is a phenomenal actor. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, this movie, just, oh, I can't say enough good things about it. It's just so great. Um, of course, the scene where she's on the talk show and, you know, Freddie comes out, and we talked about this earlier with Freddie, uh, the Freddie's dead, uh, about what kind of created that whole thing. But he comes out and he's like this loved, you know, character and, and I just love the fact that he's so embraced and, you know, even after all the shit, you know, that's, you know, he's a child killer and all this stuff, you know, and, but he's just, you know, the character in itself is just, is revered. I think that's really cool how that was pulled off, honestly. Um, but you know, I, I, looking back on this, I mean, I'm I pretty much a, I'm a sick individual, you know, liking someone this much that was a child killer and I don't condone child killing at all, but <laughs> I don't know, man, whatever it is, what it is. If you don't like that, I guess, I don't know. Come find me. We'll, we'll talk, we'll fight, we'll drink, whatever. We'll smoke a doobie, whatever. Uh, a doobie. <laughs> I'm so old. I'm we'll so old. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who I'm going to smoke Satan's lettuce. Um, <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Yo, wait, no, real quick. This is actually a funny story. Back in uh, fifth grade, I had a bus driver, and for we had a fat kid in our class. <laughs> and Oh, that's probably politically incorrect. I'm sorry. We had a chubbier kid in class. Shit, <laughs> And she always called him Doobie. Yeah. And we, of course, being at that age, we had no fucking idea what that meant. Yeah. We just thought, it, it kind of sounds like something you might call a chubby kid, you know? Just, hey, Doobie, you know? Yeah. And then years later, it's like, she was calling him a fucking joint. She called him a fucking fatty, so she's calling him. <laughs> yeah, a fat joint is what she's calling this kid. It's like, can she do that? Like She did it. I mean, man, go being an adult's wild. Tell it, well, if, if you have to be smarter than the kids, if you're smarter than the kids, you got it all planned out. But the minute they figure out what you're talking about, you're screwed. So, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Been there, done that, got the fucking t-shirt. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think I've done on this movie enough. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen this film, I'm going to say this twice in this podcast. What the fuck is wrong with you god this movie just, what the <laughs> fuck dude come on it makes me it makes me hard it makes me you know salivate it makes my horror stiffy just rage so please go watch this film like right fucking now you can watch this one in the original just back to back if you have to because it's just fucking awesome so i guess uh i guess we're here brother <laughs> Yes, this is this comes to no surprise to anybody either. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you had anything different in this spot, okay, okay, maybe you may have put like I said, number three for Kevin, and maybe you know, nightmare for me. But honestly, this this is just well, we'll just get into it. Here we go. So let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, shall we? Hell fucking yeah, dude. God. Whew. This movie, man. I th- I think this film like really just kind of revolutionized horror in the 80s as as we knew it. It, it pretty much I don't want to stay, say kicked off like the supernatural genre, but you know, it's it it's a pioneer in the genre. It mm. it's so unique. It, it's just crazy. This 
this film alone launched a goddamn production company, mm-hmm. New Line Cinema. Like the House of Freddy. It, 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 yes, exactly. And there's just I don't know, man. Every time I watch this movie, just the second I hear that that score, you know, mm-hmm. it it literally still freaks me out to this day. And that I think that's what separated me picking this ahead of Night Round on Street Three because this one it gets to me some some way, you know that. Night Run on Street 3 doesn't. And I'm sure most listeners out there would agree with me that it just, it's creepy as fuck. And it's, mm-hmm. it's goddamn serious as all get out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this has no gimmicky, no nothing. It's just Fre- Freddy Krueger was a dude who killed kids, got burned up, and then was re- reenacting his revenge on the parents' kids and in their dreams. I should add that. <laughs> Yeah. But dude, if I saw this back when it came out, it probably would have like fucked me up because there's nothing really like this that came out, especially with the impact that it had in in terms of not only creating a horror icon, but in terms of everything it had going for it. I mean, you've got I honestly the acting is in some parts are a little iffy, but like most of it's great. Of course, Heather Langenkamp's great, you know, Johnny Depp's uh first film and Lynn Shay and of uh, uh, several others. But Oh, God, I just can't say enough good things because the fact that you could make fantasy a reality, you can do whatever you want in a movie. And I think that's so brilliant. It allows for you to be able to do so much that you wouldn't be able to with a film that is either strictly fantasy or strictly reality. You know, you can really bend the lines. And and a lot of the things that happen, I have had nightmares about like when nancy's climbing the stairs and her feet are sinking and she can't go and you're trying to run from something but you just can't like that's something we can all identify with and 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 uh dude just everything (laughs) everything about this film i i cannot say enough good things about it just creepy as hell the the super go go gadget extend (laughs) arms uh freddy at at the first time you see him you know he's got those long circusy arms and then just chopping his fingers off and shit man it's just brilliant i could Again, I could go on about this one forever. I'm telling you, man, this film, this film launched uh, just, it just launched horror, man. I'm, I, mean, I know there's before this, you know, but still, this one just. I remember my sister going to a, uh, I think it was a sleepover, and coming back the next morning, and saying, "Oh my gosh, I watched this film last night, and I ran Elm Street. It, it, really, it, it was so scary." And I was like, "Oh, you know, interesting. You know, that's that's interesting to hear." Of course, I was, you know, I was what like five or something like that. No, I wasn't even five. It was, yeah, I was five. I came out in 84. So I was five. And of course, back then everything scared me, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's, you know, whatever. And then I would see this stuff on TV about it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this guy's freaky, you know? And, and she, it must her up back, back then. Like she could, she didn't sleep right for like a month. So yeah, I will agree with you in the fact that it does, especially back then definitely mess some people up. Um, just the cleverness of this film just really gets me. Um, just the way he looks and the way he acts, he, he, he acts real like almost, almost like a, like a really intense crackhead almost sometimes, you know, like, you know, like he's just really, he's, he's just weird and he's just all spaced out and, you know, trying, trying to make you, you know, think things that aren't really there. And, you know, of course using the dream to really fuck you up. And, um, I don't know, man. Just everything, like you said, the acting is is very well done. There's some a few, like you said, it's very spotty in some spots, but overall, I think Nancy or you know Heather Lane Camp pulls it off 
very well. She, she's the glue that holds the movie together. He, she and Robert, of course. Um, but like the special, you know, the, the, the special effects, the makeup effects, uh, all that stuff, the, you know, the, the blood, the gore, all that stuff is very well done. Um, the, the scene with Tina in the bed is, is just one of the most iconic, you know, they use a, 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 ter- a rotating room to create that, you know, you know, her climbing on the, on the ceiling, on the wall and stuff. Um, the bed scene with, with Glenn, I get sucked into the bed and then just a fountain of blood comes out of that. I mean, I'm talking like it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And you're just like, Oh shit. You know, how much blood is going to come out of that damn bed? And, it's just a fucking amazing. And I love, I love the, the, when, when they get there to, to, uh, I guess to assess what happened, they said, uh, they're t- taking a gurney in there. And the guy, you hear the guy in the background go, you're not going to need a gurney. You need a mop. <laughs> it's so fucking, I, was, I heard that maybe like just for the first time a couple of years ago, when I rewatched it. I was like, Oh my God, it's fucking epic. And, um, but like, I don't know, just like the scene, especially the very first scene with Tina when, when she's the very first of the film and it shows Freddie's face and it shows him like cutting himself open and, you know, just all that stuff. It's just so crazy. This looks so cool and just raw. Everything is so just like, you know, so realistic. It's just, oh, it's fucking just phenomenal. Um, and then just, uh, the way that the dreams kind of invade, you know, their everyday lives, like, you know, Nancy falls asleep in class and then freaks out and, um, you know, uh, Rod falls asleep in the, in the jail cell and is getting killed, you know, and it's just, it's just the way that the sleep and the dreams just seep into every part of this film. Just, it's just so well done. I just, I can't say enough good things about this film. I just, I love it to death. I can watch it anytime. This and part three and new nightmare are just my go-to for this franchise. I just fucking love them. Yep, <laughs> I I echo everything, man. It's like, it, it's just the first. Oh god, I, you can't beat the first, the first film, the third film, and honestly, I'll give you a New Nightmare because that was that was pretty much the, one of the first films to to do it to that magnitude. Obviously, Scream came a year later, and this and that, which is weird because it feels like yeah, New Nightmare is a lot older. It, no, I don't right. know why, right. but. Um, and it's amazing that Wes Craven did both of them, like back to back years. It, it it's pretty amazing. It's a testament to mm-hmm. his mind to to create this kind of yep. empire. It, it's amazing. I mean, obviously Freddy Krueger is a horror icon that we need not mention any longer because everybody out there already knows all about it. Um, but just the, uh, just I don't know. I no, round of applause. Well, I, well, I mean, Wes Craven is that. one of the greatest horror minds of our time. I mean, if anyone wants to argue that, you're going to fucking lose. I'm going to fucking dunk your head in all of his greatness. Um, but I mean, and, and if yeah. anyone doesn't know, if anyone has just, you know, recently joined the podcast or recently followed me, um, my, let's just go back. Of course, if you listen to older podcasts, you know, my real name, my legal name at the moment is Jerry. It's not Wes. <laughs> But I'm going to the shape of revenge. Yeah, the shape of revenge was my original page name. Yeah, and now I'm name Ghostface because obvious reasons I'm old as fuck and I love Ghostface. But I chose Wes. Well, I like the name first of all, and actually it's funny because the person that chose the name actually had a contest um, to pick my name. I used all of my follow- Instagram followers to choose my name. I chose four, then I just whittled down from there. But the person that that gave me the name Wes to sit, to throw in into the pot was none other than my co-host mother. Which is just fucking. I love your mom, dude. She's the best. I just cannot say anything about her. Seriously. Thank you. But um, but Wes ended up winning out, and it is, I am named after Wes Craven. 
because I love Wes so much. He's just he changed my life a lot with you know Freddie and with you know Ghostface with Scream, just all that. He's just in all of his other films too. Like he's you know done Hills Have Eyes and uh, Last House on the Left, and I mean there's so many epic films he's done. He's just such a great horror mind that I just uh, I pay homage to him every day with my with my new name. Uh, and I'm going to change it legally here pretty soon. Just have a few things I got to get done first, but uh, it's coming. So uh, anyway, so. Well, you say your name was after Wes Craven, but honestly, it's short for the Wesleyan Baptist Church. That's true, but I was trying to hide that from everyone. Thanks, Kevin. God. <laughs> well, now everyone Damn knows. Damn it, you fucking bastard, you. Anyway, whatever. Tell out my secrets. I'm going to take that belt off and get you later on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. okay. Whip it, whip it. Um, anyway, whip it good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, and if anyone actually doubts my love for Wes Craven, go to my Instagram page, Old Mango's Face. Uh, scroll down, find the picture of my truck from the back, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I won't say what it is. Just go look at it right now. Uh, so that that's kind of just shows you how much I love Wes Craven. But anyway, just to wrap this up about this movie. Just an epic piece of filmmaking in all aspects. The practical effects are perfect. The acting is great. The storyline is perfect. It uh, doesn't go too far off the rails either way. It has a great end scene, great end fight scene. The one thing that does kind of bother me is the very, very end where Freddie is on top of her, uh, her, her mom, Nancy's mom, and they kind of just disappear in the bed. Like that's, that's a little weird and it is what it is. But. But but the one cool thing that comes out of that is the fact that when he rises up out of the bed and, and you see him come and you know, he's like steam coming off of him and he rips through the sheet. That was pretty fucking cool. Um, but uh, okay. yeah, but the way the sheet defeats him in the end is very. It, it goes along with what they've talked about through the entire film. So it you know it doesn't kind of go off rails at all. It kind of sticks with it. So I appreciate that part of it very much. So, um, but like I said, I've sucked this film's dick way too much. So that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, everyone needs, honestly, if you, I mean, I wouldn't imagine you're listening to this if you haven't seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street films, but this this is a true classic. If you haven't seen it, give it a shot. I, I, it, I understand that not everyone's going to love it, but it's kind of hard for me to imagine just because there's so much redeemable factors in the, at least the original, so... Yes. Please check and out. here's my second time to say this. If you haven't seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street, what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. I, yeah. Honestly, you, you've nerd. Seriously, dork, geek, whatever you want to say. Go watch this damn film right fucking now. Or I'm going to come find you in your dreams and fucking do bad things to you. Not in a good poop on your chest. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a Cleveland steamer. Poop, poop. Cleveland steamer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, CLE pride, baby. <laughs> shit. You remember, Kevin? You remember Cleveland steamer? You know that? <laughs> oh, that's all I've ever wanted to be. Oh, <laughs> Woo. Okay. Anyway, um, all right. So two new things we're gonna do. Well, I guess we haven't really done this one thing. We've done this one thing before. We're going to do a new feature where we rate the entire franchise from one to five. But before we do that, we have both chosen our top three kills for this franchise um, because it's just so many epic ones that I think we should give what we think are the best. So why don't you go ahead and give us your, your number three or your your top three kills, Kebby. All righty. So I actually had five I really enjoyed. So I have two notables. Okay. Um, obviously, 
of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the character of Philip, the whole vein puppeteering, just the way that they did that, I thought was brilliant. Um, the visuals, and then you see him in the real world kind of moving and then somehow slipping through that door, like you mentioned. Um, I love that one. That one's probably one of my all-time favorites. Obviously, it's in my top five. Right. Um, another notable I have is the uh, Debbie from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 with the bug kill, obviously. You know, the little arms, the fucking, the whole bug thing. Yeah. That's just fucking a wicked, wicked kill. Got it ends up in the little uh, trap, and then he crushes him. Um, okay, well, now my top three. These aren't... I, I really wish I could have something surprising, but, like, when it comes to these... You can't really surprise people because they know, True. you know. Um, number three, I've got to have Tina f- from the original, uh, you know, flying all over the room and the walls and getting her throat or her um, stomach slashed or her fucking chest. Jesus Christ. Go. So going through the whole anatomy. <laughs> um, she gets her chest slashed open and it's just the way it's done is brilliant. Um, I don't really have any qualms with that. I think that goes down as one of the best kills in history and then okay i'm gonna surprise you all with number two carlos from freddy's dead the guy with the hearing aid Mm, yes i so anybody that doesn't know me out there actually uh fun fact i don't have any hearing in my left ear so like imagining just and i'm really fucking weird with my ears like yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's like I'm just so weird with ears. Like, you know those little, like, the, the uh, lights that doctors shine in there when you go there? Like, that shit freaks me out. Don't touch my fucking ears. So, when he takes the Q-tip and, like, shoves it all the way through his ear, like, that one has some serious, like, effect on me and my well-being. Like, I can't handle it. And then he turns the, the – he's making all the noises and his over – his uh, fucking – uh, what are those called? Frog the horn? goddamn hearing oh, thingies. Oh, oh, the, you're talking about the hearing aid? No, the, yeah, the hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it blows his goddamn head open like a fucking watermelon if you crush it with uh, rubber mm-hmm. bands. Have oh, you I seen have, those? That's fucking badass. I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. those are cool. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that's my number two. That that might be a surprising one. And then obviously number one, I've got Glenn from the oh. original. The bed spewing the uh, blood up on the ceiling. It's just it's unlike anything you've ever seen before or since. It's just an absolute classic. And it happens to goddamn Jack, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. So yeah, it's just really oh, yeah. cool. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's, yeah, I agree completely. Um, all right. Well, my, my top three, and I'll have a couple of, of – uh, Honorable mentions too. Uh, I share your number five with Philip. I just that that marionette kill is one of the most effective, well shot kills in any film ever for me. Honestly, it's just fucking great. It grosses you out and it makes you think, and it it's just it's just amazing. So uh, that's my number five. Number four would have to be um, Glenn, of course. Uh, just the, the the just the amount of blood that comes out of that bed, dude. Just, I, I just, to this day, I just love it. I just, I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. And just, and I saw the, I've, I've watched Never Sleep Again, which is like the documentary about the entire series. And it's, it, it kind of explains all that. And it's just really cool to see behind the scenes of that. I won't ruin it for anyone. Go watch that documentary. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. So those are my, those are my honorable mentions. All right. So my number three kill has got to be Jennifer from part three. Um, the, uh, the head through the TV and then the, Welcome to primetime, bitch. That's so epic and so legendary. You just cannot, you know, just pass that one up. It's just fucking amazing. Uh, Freddie looks really cool as the, as the television. So um, just it's awesome. Uh, my number two has got to be Tina 
in part one. That's just it, that that sets the tone for the rest of that film. Uh, it's cool how they set her up, you know, at first, you know, and uh, you know that she's the one that Freddie has his affections for. And then when he kills her, it's just it's almost like a fuck you to the rest of those kids. Of like you're fucked, you know, you are fucked, and here I come. So just uh, that whole the practical effects of that are fantastic, um, and just the way that it's set up too to kind of he kind of frames Rod for it. It's just it's just brilliant. Um, number one has got to be the death of my girl, my my second favorite final girl, Heather Langenkamp as Nancy. Uh, Freddie uses her dad. That, that he has just killed to trick her into hugging him and then fucking just stabs her in the fucking chest and just kills her, which is just, it's brutal. It's such a love story between those two. It's just, it's, it's a great, great ending to that, that a whole, you know, back and forth between the two of those, those characters. Um, it's just, it's, it's awesome, dude. I can't even describe it. And the connection between those two as well, just have always, it's always been a thing with me about how it, they kind of played off. But if you noticed, like that was like his main, you know, one he was going after, even, even after she wasn't even like a kid, kid, like he was still after her, even in part three. So it was just, it was a cool connection between those two. And to see that happen at the end of that part three, was just really, really amazing. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yes, good very list. good list, my friend. Very good list. Now I think we're going to rate this franchise. I wish we'd done this for the rest of the films or the rest of the franchises, but I know. But you know, better late than never, I guess. So uh, and we we may go back and do a special thing where we kind of go back and rate them all. Maybe just like a little short episode where we kind of tie up some loose ends here and there. But you know, we'll see if that happens or not. Um, but I'll I will give my rating first. Um, from one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. Um, I'm going to have to give this one a four. Uh, it won't be a perfect five because of the issues on later films. Uh, but overall, like I said, the, the continuity of the series, uh, Robert England brings in every single, you know, uh, entry in this franchise. Uh, the, the costumes are great. The gloves, all the gloves are just fantastic. Um, and the kills, the kills are just phenomenal. So yeah, I give it a solid four. I would give it, oh man, I'd say a Honestly, a three and a half because I just think that there's a lot of bad ones that kind of drag this down. If they would have stopped after four, I think that this would have been the best franchise of all time. But obviously you got a couple stinkers. It's all right. Sure. Every franchise has them. But yeah, I, I think I think a, I'm almost thinking. Of, no, I'll do three and a half. Yes. Three and a half. Sure? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Ooh, all right. We'll, we'll come back to you in a minute. We'll go, think about that for a minute. We'll come back. <laughs> no, it's okay. definitive. Three and a half it is. So uh, a four for me, three and a half from him. So it, it's a definitely a solid series to check out. So if you haven't checked the series out, please go watch it because it is phenomenal. This, Friday the 13th, Halloween, and some other ones we're going to cover pretty soon, which we'll cover those later. But uh, Leprechaun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, the countdown for our nightmare. And I'm sure I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. This is one of my favorite episodes so far. And uh, just to pull the curtain back just a little bit, just to show you the behind the scenes. This episode, and I'm pretty sure you mostly know this, that this episode has caused us a lot of grief. Um, had some technical oh difficulties. You had some technical difficulties. We we've actually had to record this in two different sittings and. 
thank God we figured this shit out because I was really getting on my nerves. But we we finally got it done. It's it's all it's in the books, and I'm, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, oh, hold on a second. See you, ma'am. Thanks for interrupting. Appreciate it. But yeah, no, um, mad mad fucking props to little spooky our girl Lil. Man, yes. she's killing it with obviously all the cosplays if if you're listening to this episode you've probably seen her dressed up as one of the many horror icons and she she kills it every week man she's seriously great go follow her on instagram seriously spooky kisses lillian you are the best seriously i tell you all the time and i'm going to tell you again on the podcast you really do impress the fuck out of me um you're just a great human being you're very sweet and nice and you know you just you show us so much support and we really appreciate everything you do for us and we're going to get you back on these days i promise you you know we're, we're broke as fuck but it's coming i promise i promise don't, don't say it's not because it is um uh so i guess we'll do some some shout outs um we haven't done those in a while. It seems like it's, I guess it just feels like this podcast is taking forever to record. So I guess it just feels like that. But, <laughs> um, going around, done some podcasts real fast. Uh, Alone in the Dark podcast coming up on their 50th episode. I know it seemed like a lot, but they're more you know, quality than quantity. Those guys are phenomenal. Actually running a thing right now to where if you send in your favorite clip of their show, they'll play it on the, uh, on the podcast. So go check them out. Uh, Dolls of Horror, uh, some some Flynn and Heather York, you guys are amazing. I'm so glad you guys got up and running and are just doing so amazingly awesome. Uh, just go show them some, some support. Uh, they're just awesome. Uh, a podcast on Elm Street. I mean, kind of getting the same thing in this episode. Uh, those guys are really good. Go check them out. Uh, they're all. I think they're all these people are on uh, Instagram and I know I think some are on Facebook too. Uh, so go check them out. Um. So anything else I haven't I've talked about yet? I think that's all for now. Um, but all the podcasts that are out there, go, you know, support the ones you love. Seriously, if you like a podcast, you love a podcast, support them. No matter how you do it, support them through financial means or just sharing their stuff or just, you know, commenting on their stuff. Or, you know, whatever how you can do it, just do it your way because it's so important. Rating and reviewing on iTunes. Uh, for us, especially, go out there and do it. We've got some other ones new, so that's 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 pretty cool. So, yo, no, I just checked that shit, man. It's been a long time since anyone's been uh, supporting your boys on iTunes. You know, uh, <laughs> go to go look up it's a horror podcast on iTunes. Give us a nice little five star rating if you enjoyed, and, we'll, you know, and uh, we'll write we up might, too. yeah, I might give you a little handy or something. Ooh, really? Well, double handy. Yeah. <laughs> Handies for five stars going out. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god, Kevin, guys, hard up for some 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 loving, I guess. But anyway, uh, that's oh, yeah. that's not here nor there. <laughs> um, all right, um, time to plug ourselves up. Um, we can find us on Instagram. It's Aura Podcast on Facebook. It's Aura Podcast. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter, man. It's been so long since I felt like I said that. It feels so good. Fuck it. Fuck Twitter. It, Dude, it really has been like a month since we've done that. So, yeah, it does feel good to say fuck <laughs> that bullshit right in the ass. Um, and I think that's just on, it on social media. Uh, but you seriously go on there and, you know, and just support us however you want to. You know, tell us we suck. Tell us we're great. Just tell us something. I don't care what you tell us. Um, <laughs> but um, I can't think of anything else I need to give a shout out for or give information about. But you know what? I don't even think we've talked about this before. I think that I'm going to put you on the spot right here, brother. Um, okay. What is our next episode going to be about? Because I know we had some ideas. Jokes on you. I, I already thought about it. Good. Pills of Eyes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes, I agree fully. That's another West Craven joint. I'm excited to keep him rolling. Um, 
I think Lillian's going to try to do maybe I think well, I think she was going to try, but I think she maybe wasn't going to pull this one off for the cosplay. But that's okay because you need some time off to to regroup for our next big ones coming up. So um, I'm excited about this one though, really, because this is a franchise that I really do enjoy, and of course it's Wes Craven, so I you know it's just part of me. So. Yeah, interestingly enough, I just watched one of these films today, so I'm getting ready. Hell, fucking yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start watching them. Yeah, probably, probably tomorrow. So I may watch them a few times actually. So, all right, guys. And did you want to include actually real quick before we wrap this up? Do you want to include the fabled uh, Hills of Eyes three Mind Ripper? You know, yeah, let's do it. Because it it's technically not related, but like almost. But yeah, we might as well. Fuck yeah. it, we'll throw it in. Yeah, we'll throw it. It's in there. It's in there. It's 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 in there. It's you know, it's got some lube on it. It's gonna get a good uh, good connection. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Lord of mercy. <laughs> I'm a little deprived. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sorry, it's taken such a long time to get out. Thank you so much for being patient with us. We love you guys to death. Uh, seriously, all the support you give us, we really do appreciate it. So don't think we don't. Uh, let's make this year a badass year. We have some really cool things coming. Uh, maybe a live episode possibly coming up soon. Maybe a, uh, a commentary on a movie that we talk about a lot. Maybe. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Uh, possibly the YouTube channel launching pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. But anyway... I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. So my name is Wes. I'm Kevin. And we will see you next time. See ya. are listening to the Tear Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor.